Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies. My name is Arnaldo, and next to me, like every week, is... Berto, again. Berto, you tell you like you don't want to be here. <laughs> again. That's just how I sound. Okay. We took a short hiatus for the holidays. We focus on our Christmas episode. If you're still in the spirit, check that out. That was a good time. We also did a review for Wonder Woman 1984. Did you like that? Yeah, or? that could be a fun thing to do like every once in a while, not... We'll see We'll see where we go from that. We can do maybe some short ones, a couple things. I don't know. We're back on track. Yeah, we're back on track. We're back on our Batman quadrilogy. Four movies. That's a made-up word, by the way. The Batman <laughs> saga. Yeah. We did Batman from 1989 starring Michael Keaton. We did Batman Returns for our Christmas movie. Starring Michael Keaton. Starring Michael Keaton as Batman. And now we are moving on to the sequel... Batman Forever, starring Val Kilmer. Starring Val Kilmer, Jim Tom, Carrey. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Nicole Kidman. Yes, Nicole Kidman yep. as... Um, Dr. Chase Meridian. Yeah. So this movie's available on HBO Max, mm. except we just checked it. I'm so sorry. They just took it down from HBO Max. We said this a couple weeks ago that this might happen, where they put stuff up on HBO Max and then they take it down. Not very Max of HBO Max when right. half of their shit is limited, but it seems that they had like it, you said all these movies moved to Showtime or something. Available on Showtime, which I don't have, so I ended up just renting it from Vudu for like three bucks. That sucks. I own it. Rent it. Wait for it to come back on HBO Max. If you listen to this later, you want to watch along with us. Apparently, they have all these like pre-existing contracts on where these movies are supposed to be showing, like what streaming service. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons Disney Plus started getting a bunch of the Fox stuff late. Because even though they bought Fox outright, all these Fox properties, like some of these X-Men movies had to be played on this channel. And, and they're still channel. only getting some of them like every yeah, like, slowly. slow drip of it. That's probably what is happening here because all these movies were just on HBO Max and now they're not. As of today, January 5th, 2021, you can watch it on Showtime if you have it. If not, we're, you got to pay. Sorry. I own this one on 4K. And honestly, it looked really good on 4K. We'll get to it. But I like HDR, seeing perfect blacks, bright colors, a lot of bright colors in this movie. Yeah, uh, huge and I, departure from the, the first one. two. Yeah. So, and I really like how it looked in on my TV. Let's get into it. Initial thoughts. Have you ever seen this movie before? I saw it as a kid. I remember bits and pieces of it. That's about it, really. So uh, it was like watching a new movie for me. Oh, nice. Growing up, I said this, I think, uh, in the last one, huge Batman fan. And so these were coming out as I was a kid. Like, the last one, 92, I would have been four. I didn't like that movie because I don't ever think I saw it more than once. Because like <laughs> we said, Batman Returns is not a kid's movie at all. But this one, being that it's more tailored for children, I watched... The hell out of Batman Forever. <laughs> Watching it was like opening up like some repressed memories. Because I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, honestly. Right. I don't know why. I just I just never thought to put it on. It felt kind of like the first time in a lot of ways. But in it was more like of the ways. It was a nostalgia trip. Yeah. It was like unlocking memories you didn't know you had put away. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I got that feeling when we watched. Um, LXG? Actually, yeah. It was LXG because I watched yeah. that a lot as a kid. Because it was always on FX. Right. I was super excited to get back into this and see how it holds up like to my memories. Because again, as a kid, I fucking love this movie. And there's so many movies that when you're a kid, you love. And growing up, sometimes, you know, you'll go back to it and you're like, oh, that's that was dog shit. Like, how could I have ever liked that? You know, but then sometimes the opposite happens where that's your expectation. You're like, oh, if I liked that as a kid, it's probably bad now. And you go back and you're like, that was actually really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've definitely had those. Like, I've, I've seen like... 
you know, old SpongeBob or like the Rugrats. I'll go back and some of those see still it. still hold up. Yeah, and those are really quite amazing. Yeah, but then you'll see something like I don't know, what's a bad thing from our childhood. Would you be upset if I said Batman Forever? All right, moving on. <laughs> so let's just get into it. Oh, and time codes below. So if you want to skip us talking about the plot, skip to the analysis. You can skip to keep or cancel. Otherwise, plot. Movie opens up quicker. No time for title cards. We're just going into it. It's just a logo. And then we get the suit up. Do you like that? If it were better? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a super iconic now. Like, yeah. Everything in these in these next two movies gets parodied a lot. Right. And like the suit up, scene, the idea of it's fine. It just it didn't look cool, you know? This movie mostly exists to appease McDonald's and toy yeah, manufacturers. It, this movie was done for marketing, and that's yeah. pretty much it. Right, and so they could sell this movie to kids because the last one, they couldn't at all. Which is and that's why, why they moved over to yeah. Schumacher. And they took like an extreme overreaction. They just went, all right, well, let's make something much Gotham more Gotham looks friendly. completely different now. I kind of love it. I'm going to be honest, it's one of my The way they showed parts. it, though, it was like a weird CG. No, right, right, right. The CG is not great. It's it's fine for... This is 1995. It's fine for the time, but I really, really like the design of this Gotham City. Like when they're actually in the streets yeah, and stuff? Yeah. Um, Something about it's just strange. There's like it's neon ne- lights everywhere. The neon, and... the neon lights I don't like. I should rephrase. But this... <laughs> it's like the main aesthetic. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. So I was looking at Gotham and all four of these movies... Right. And we just binged three and four just now. So th- we might get a little hazy. But in Batman Returns, the whole set got changed. Remember we talked about they moved the production and he was given different liberties. So he rearranged a lot of stuff. And he started setting up Gotham City to be like this big... Well, again, Gotham City is supposed to be gothic architecture. Right. It's a mix of like timeless stuff. So like he was doing a lot of art deco. And by him, you mean Burton. Burton. Yeah. Thank you. Burton was doing a lot of art deco. And so there was like these really kind of slick buildings mixed with some like gothic architecture. Yeah. So, like some buildings were like very ornate. And I did like that. All that. And then there'd be like a random statue that's like 50 feet tall. Just like scatter all around Gotham. It's like and really that was in the weird looking one. statues of like people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like weird humans doing like weird poses right. or like holding their hands up. Yeah. But do you remember the front steps of City Hall in Gotham in Batman Returns for like the Christmas time stuff? Yeah. There was like two big statues there. Yep. That aesthetic kind of continues on into these movies. It does. And that kind of sticks around. I feel like the only main difference between Gotham and Batman Returns in the first Batman, it seems very different. Mostly because it was a small budget. They just used one street and then they used a bunch of miniatures. And then there was like City Hall and that was kind of it. Yeah. yeah, and then there's a bunch of miniatures, a bunch of matte paintings, stuff like that. But now, it seems like the only main difference they did is just light it with neon lights at nighttime, yeah. and that's kind of it. And I will say, in these movies, both this one and the next one, Gotham does feel more like a city. Like, it feels like it's there's the actually C- people living there. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a CGI, because now they're, they're using a Now they can CGI, actually show yeah. a bit more. And some yeah. of it... Like I said, 1995. You no, know. Some of it is good. Some of it's good. But in this movie, when they first go over Gotham City, it's almost like a flyby. Yeah. And it's like CG, and it looks very much like a cutscene from like a PC from, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For what? sure. I see that. Suit up, new Batmobile. What do you think about the new Batmobile? Not a huge fan. I feel like they keep getting more ridiculous. They do, but I can't. Okay, but the first one was ridiculous too. True. I think, I think Batman <laughs> Returns had my favorite Batmobile. That was the same one from the first one. Yeah, but it, it did the... Okay, that's split ridiculous. Thing. The little split thing right. goes through the but alley. But this has like a giant ass fin and <laughs> lights. I like, and I think this one might be my favorite. This one's probably more iconic. I don't know. It's got so it's got at these, least for like, kids our age. It's got those cutouts. 
And then underneath, it's like really lit. You yeah. Know, like blue lights. I don't know. There's something about this one that's I think is cool. Reminds me of a Hot Wheels toy. Well, that's the thing. Like I had all these Hot Wheels toys, of, <laughs> like all four of them. And none of them are great. I'm going to be honest. Like none of these Batmobiles are fantastic, but I think this one might be my favorite. We get Val Kilmer in the brand new suit. What do you think of this suit? My only issue with the suit was the nipples. The rest of the suit I was okay so, with. I think I'm going to be a defender of the nipples now. Really? Yeah. I Did think I've crossed over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I've crossed over a little bit because, so I, I have a quote from Schumacher. I just think it's like ridiculous looking. Joel Schumacher, the director of the movie, says, I had no idea putting nipples on the Batsuit and Robin suit were going to spark international headlines. The bodies of the suits come from ancient Greek statues which display perfect bodies. They are anatomically correct. I kind of agree. Here's the thing. When we talked about the bat suits, we're just going in on like all these things and kind of skipping the plot, but that's fine. We'll skip back. We talked about all the bat suits, and I said that the Batman Returns one I thought was better than the Batman one because the Batman one, like his suit is based on a male musculature. Yeah. It's got abs, it's got yeah. pecs, and it obviously doesn't have nipples. The second one was more of like armor plating, it looked like. Yeah. But then remember, spoiler alert, it's fucking rubber and he just rips it off. But it looks like yeah. armor plates. Like it doesn't look I, like abs anymore. Yeah. I like that. I liked it too. It's almost like an Iron Man type suit, mm-hmm. right? This one goes back to musculature, but it's much better built. Each one gets better built because there's more money and there's more tech and they get better at it, right? There's all these behind the scenes videos you can find of like the studios that create these suits and how they do it and they mold it and they do all this really interesting stuff. He looks more mobile than any of the Keaton ones. Yeah. Like he's turning his head. He's doing flips. He's able to turn his head. (laughs) No, they definitely, they improved the suit in that aspect. I think I just don't like the whole like abs on the suit i've never liked that on like any costume like abs on the suit nipples on the suit like well that's my point let it look like a suit exactly i'm with you there don't get me wrong but if you are going to make the suit look like human muscles and you leave the nipples out now that looks weird (laughs) because people have nipples and that's schumacher's point he's basically saying he's like i didn't think this was going to be a big deal like i'm looking at a human body and it's missing nipples you know (laughs) I mean, that's, that is a good point, but I'm still going to go back to, like, why put any of that on the suit at all? Okay, but again, they did it in the first movie. Yeah. And at this point, we, it's we, just, didn't, we didn't like the first suit. I know, but I think it's just <laughs> precedence at this point. It's like, okay, well, if it's got to look like this, fucking it should have nipples. Now, I linked all of the bat suits pretty much ever below. Please look at them if, like, you're not driving. Just, like, <laughs> this is super interesting, yeah. but I think this is my favorite one. In all honesty, okay. even with or without the nipples, you can Photoshop the nipples out. It's still my favorite one. It's not The nipples yeah. is not why well, I like the, it. The cowl is definitely a lot better. I'm a fan of the cape. All of that is much better, but overall, Sue, I, I'm still going to go with Batman Returns. Here's why I like it. First of all, it's like really, really black. It's blacker than the Batman Returns one. It's about as black as the first Batman one. And he kind of just looks more like Batman, I feel. The chess piece, like the symbol, just looks kind of more... Like, it's like a dark gold. It's not a bright yellow. It doesn't stand out. Yeah, it doesn't stand out. And it just looks like 3D, kind of. And it is, actually. If you look at, like, close-ups of it, um, on our Instagram page, I shared a picture of... It's a close-up of the bat symbol on his chest. The symbol's, like, raised up. It's got depth to it. You know, it's not just, like, a picture. Mm-hmm. And I like that the uh, utility belt isn't bright yellow anymore. The bright yellow made no sense to me. Especially since you could see there was nothing on it. This one looks like it has stuff on it. It looks like it's like a real thing. You know, yeah. it looks very similar to if we look go forward to Christian Bale's 
You totally about it looks almost the same as that one, honestly. Okay. And then the cape just matches perfectly. I was like, this is perfect. This is a perfect basu for these movies. I think it'd be perfect without the muscles. So like if it was okay. <laughs> like if it looked more just like armor, you know? Yeah. Well, do you like the second suit they gave him? I hate it. No. I hate it. I hate it so much. Why is it yeah. First of all, it's like bright silver and he looks really weird in it. It's at the end of the movie. Yeah. But there's a, some CGI kind of Batman stuff and some like of like a stunt man doing stuff. Yeah. But it just it looks badass. And it's 1995, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this is exciting. Like, Batman's doing stuff. Remember, Michael Keaton didn't do anything. Right. They didn't really give him anything to do. Like, there is a Even lot his... more Batman and a lot more Bruce Wayne in this movie. Yeah. When he's um fighting, like, his fight scenes are just kind of boring. He's standing up very straight, throws a punch, throws a kick once or twice in those movies. Like, you don't really believe that he's a good Batman just by looking at, like, his stunts and his, like, fighting capabilities, you know? But in this one, the fight choreography is way improved, I think. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but... And it's still kind of, like, mediocre, but it is much improved from the first two movies. But, uh, (laughs) did you catch the McDonald's reference? I did not. Open up on the Batcave, remember, the Batmobile shows up. Yeah. He's about to get in the car, we see the suit for the first time, and Alfred goes, you should really eat before you go, or he says something along those lines, and he goes, I'll get drive-through. I'll get drive-through. It's not explicitly a McDonald's reference, but there was so much behind-the-scenes problems with McDonald's not wanting to do a Happy Meal toy with them, right. which, like we said, markets these kinds of movies to kids so, so, so well that they really had to change how this movie was made to get McDonald's back on board. So yeah. I thought that's a funny bit. And then you cut to Two-Face, Robin the Bank. Yeah. Who is white now? You have no, yeah, you're obsessed with his, his Th- They, they changed his race completely. Well, they changed him twice now because, remember, in the first movie, played by Billy D. Williams, Right. William December Williams. And he was supposed to, you know, in like several movies, slowly turn into Which would have been Two-Face. really cool would to see. Would have been fantastic. That's how you set up Two-Face because yeah. Two-Face is not a quick origin. No, here they gloss over and they're like, oh, yeah. somebody threw acid on him. <laughs> exactly. And that's the worst way to do it because the whole point of Two-Face is that he used to be friends with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. He's one of like Bruce Wayne's few friends, you know, being like a socialite in Gotham City mm-hmm. and... Because Harvey Dent, the district attorney who is standing up to organize crime finally, is not corrupt. He is the one guy that is doing Batman's job legitimately. Yes. Batman is a huge supporter of his. And that accident happens. He goes crazy. He becomes this multiple personality disorder psychopath killer who has to flip a coin and leave everything up to chance. Every decision that he makes is he flips a coin for it, right? Because Um, to him, that's fair. Right. The justice system that he served for so long means nothing to him anymore. All he cares about is chaos and pure chance. They kind of touch up on that, but not really. No, on this they don't. Character. They go into the multiple personality thing a lot, sure. but they don't like but go well. deep into it. No, it's just, <laughs> oh, half of his room is like black and dark and the other half's yeah. white. And, like stupid little things like yeah. that. And they don't touch over his relationship with Bruce like at all. At all. No, not at all. And so it's kind of a big dump on this yeah. character that should have been set up really well. We said last time Billy D. Williams didn't come back for Batman Returns because he had some other in some other movie he was doing. Was it Star Wars? No, that would have been way before. That was eighty. It was yeah. like ten. You're like ten years off. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that role got rewritten into Max Shrek. Remember? Yeah. And so if you were to pretend that Max Shrek's character is kind of the connecting piece between this Two-Face and that Harvey Dent, you you can see how they would have created something really good here. Yeah. You know? Instead, we get 
almost right. nothing. He just shows up. Yeah, characters rewritten basically twice and yeah. recasted twice, and now is uh, played by Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, and how do you go from Billy D. Williams to Tommy Lee Jones, and it's the same character? Yeah, and so, it makes me question the continuity of this universe. So, and there is a lot in here where they say like this is connected. They make references to the other movies, but it is very loose. Yeah, and yeah, there's been several recastings. It's obviously not just Billy D. Williams no. to Tommy Lee Jones. It's Batman. Batman gets recasted a total of three times. Exactly. So we have Val Kilmer here, who is I think younger than Michael Keaton, and that's one of the main kind of glaring issues here is that he seems. Five years older than Robin, <laughs> who we meet in this movie. And yeah. he's like giving him life advice and shit. And I'm like, aren't y'all the same age? You look the same age. I think they also made Robin a little too old in this movie. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Batman's too young. Robin's too old. What do you do? You know? Although Dick Grayson's usually older. Right. This is this, the age Dick This Grayson guy is. looks... I get like his character's probably supposed to be like 17 or maybe 18. But they say he's like an orphan though. So he has to be underage. No, I think... We'll get to it. Let's, uh, let's keep moving. Yeah. So we meet Two-Face. Here's the thing. This character's horrible. This like the thing I hate most about this movie I think is Two-Face. Yeah. And I'm watching the movie though and I'm listening to his dialogue. I don't think the problem is how the character was written. I think the entire problem is the direction that Joel Schumacher and Tommy Lee Jones took with it. You listen to his dialogue and it's not bad. Like his lines are not bad and they're very on point for what Two-Face should be, the character. Yeah. But instead of just like taking it in one direction, he takes it in a Joker direction. Yeah. And it's a like complete wa- psychopath. Yeah. Like everything's funny. Losing he, his mind. He's laughing and jokes at, all the time. Everything. He laughs maniacally. Yeah. He's making jokes. Yeah. But like if you just take the script and read it differently, it's, it'd already be a, a better character. It's all in the direction of this character. Two-Face is generally a pretty serious character. It's a very too. serious character. Yeah. yeah. He's not having a good time at all. <laughs> Do you watch the animated series? Uh, when I was a kid, I yeah. did, yeah. In that one, he's like the most serious character. I know uh, Mr. Freeze is like the most serious character. And then followed by Two-Face. Mm. He's very just... No nonsense. I don't know. No nonsense. Yeah. So that was weird. And it only gets weirder as the movie goes on, right? <laughs> yeah. Him and Riddler get this weird chemistry going, but sure. let, let's keep going. Batman shows up, right? He fights all the goons. All the goons are wearing... They look like BDSM masks with like a hole in the mouth for like a ball gag, you know? Or a dick. It's and there's a lot of kind of weird sexual things in this. Yeah. I'm gonna get into that a little Which bit is later. It's weird considering that this was a more kid friendly movie. That's the thing. Swings in, fights all the goons, and this is the part where I'm like, oh, the action in this is pretty good. Honestly, like the fight choreography yeah, is much improved. It's entertaining to watch. Yeah. And I'm having a good time watching Batman fight, which I didn't before. Well, you we also didn't really fight before. So. Exactly. Exactly. You didn't do much of anything. The first before. two movies were more of like dramas where this is becoming more of like an action. A little bit. Swings in. And then there's the uh, bank employee. Yeah. You remember him? And he's like, oh, no, like that. Well, he's like, he's yelling for like help. Batman comes into the safe, rips like the tape off. And the bank guy just goes, it's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets like locked in the safe. And then the most improbable thing. I mean, the physics of this movie are non-existent. But yeah. the bank fault gets ripped off and now is now being carried by a helicopter. Yep. So that was crazy. And then <laughs> the vault starts filling with boiling acid. Yeah, he rigged the whole thing up. Where the hell is the acid coming from? And so in this movie, it gets a lot more Adam Westy in a lot of like the gags, right? Like a lot of like the villains are way back into like this campy side. But yeah. in the defense, it's still kind of like a halfway point between super campy Adam West and what we just got with Tim Burton. Because 
he fucking strapped rockets and like headsets on penguins. So is it any crazier than that? I think um, as far as tone goes with the villains, they kind of did an overcorrection. Sure. Yeah. But like I said, I don't think it's all the way there. I think the next movie takes it another mile. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This one is only halfway there. Right. And I think this is, I mean, I feel like this is like a happy medium for, okay, you got to make the fucking toy companies happy. You got to make McDonald's happy, but still try to make a halfway decent movie. We got to make little handheld video games for this shit. Yeah. I had that one. I Um, think I did too. Yeah. So the helicopter goes all the way to the Statue of Gotham, which is like a reverse of the Statue of Liberty. I always thought as a kid, because I guess I, just, I don't know if I could, maybe I didn't, couldn't fucking read. I don't this know. This isn't New York. Yeah. I would be like, oh, how did they get to New York? This is Gotham City. And I always thought they were like right next to each other. <laughs> like, I always kind of assumed that Gotham City was like in New Jersey. So that if you cross <laughs> right across the, the river, yeah, if you cross the river, now you're in New York City. It was like it was like Newark. I, I always thought it was like, uh, oh, in, in this universe, Newark doesn't exist, and Gotham is in its place. I had to rationalize everything as a kid. The shitty DC city is in Jersey because, yeah. of course, it is. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, again, Gotham City was written by like New Yorkers. Yeah, and I think it's supposed to be like the shittiest part of New York, but maybe they were they meant like the shittiest parts of New Jersey. Maybe right? they're throwing shade. Yeah. At- Across the river. So they... Two-Face gets away. away. Batman survives. Statue of fucking Gotham is fucked. Um, (laughs) And then he meets Dr. Chase Meridian, who's played by Nicole Kidman. Yes. Tom Cruise's wife at this time. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, They were married during this time. And she's like a foot taller than him. And she immediately is like, Gaga for Batman. Oh, yeah. So she immediately calls him out for being like a psycho. Like right there. Because she's this psychiatrist that is brought in to help the Gotham City Police Department with like, you know. All all these psycho villains. Exactly. And then Batman gets there and she's like, but who are you? Like, you're no better. Yeah. You know? But then she like immediately starts like flirting with him. Yes. And then Batman says, and I wrote it down. He's like, are you trying to get under my cape? Try a fireman. There's less to take off. I like some of the banter in this movie, by the way. <laughs> a lot of the banter is very sexual. Yeah. This is a very sexually charged film, I think. Yeah. But uh, it's at least more, like, subvertive than the last one, where they're just like, let's fuck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But she immediately calls him off for being a psycho. She's like, something like this leaves a victim in a state of not knowing right and wrong, like you. Mm-hmm. And so we... I mean, I complain. I don't know where you stood on this, but there wasn't enough, like analysis of batman like the character in the last two movies right you know i felt that no, i think we both agreed on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah yeah i felt that it's too much about the villains and batman got no play in the last two movies he's yep. just there to kind of move the plot and be batman but he's not in any way being treated like a three-dimensional character and in batman returns they did a little bit of that it's like they tried to attempt it but they really just like they scratched did, the surface yeah. of it. And they did it indirectly because what they really did was look at Catwoman and then pair them together. They spent a lot of time on Catwoman. But then they pair them together and then they say, oh, but these guys are the same. Batman yeah. and Catwoman are the same. And Batman's like, oh, I'm just like you. I'm two sides of like one person and blah, blah, blah. And, but it's not really properly it's done. Like we just had like a hint of it. Exactly. Yeah. In this one, Joel Schumacher's like, well, Batman clearly has problems. We should analyze that. Let's have him date psychiatrist that's a genius move which it is but i would argue that they don't really go into too much depth with that either and oh i really no i think i think it's a fair amount i really like what they do with batman in this movie but let's move on yeah so it cuts to wayne enterprises 
And we get to see Bruce Wayne doing Bruce Wayne stuff, too. Like, we got none of this in the last movie. Yeah, we actually see that he runs a company. Yeah, and so he's just kind of getting a tour of his own company, right? Because he's not like, he's the CEO. I don't even know if he's the CEO. He's So he's getting a tour or whatever, and he meets Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey in this movie is... Edward Nigma. Edward Nigma, who becomes the Riddler. He has, like, newspaper clippings of Bruce Wayne all over his office. He's kind of obsessed with Bruce Wayne. And he finally gets to meet him because they won't let him talk to him because he's crazy. And he wants to, like, you know, fund his project. Yeah, he wanted to meet him for a very specific reason. Yeah. And his project is all about TV, but what if TV goes straight into your brain, right? And I feel like this whole thing is a commentary on, like, how TV rots your brain and, like, maybe movies are better. You know, because TV only recently got good, I feel. Back in this era, yeah, it's still I feel like kind TV of shit. used to be just trash. Yeah. And so he finally gets a second, and his boss is like, shut the fuck up. Do not talk to Bruce Wayne. Why are you here? You yeah. weren't supposed to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce Wayne's like, we can't do this. This is crazy. Like, you can't, you know, hack well, into people's brains. It sounds like it brings up too many issues. Yeah, obviously. And then he's like, you were supposed to understand. Right. I'll because make you understand. Yeah. He's had this, he has like this obsession with him too. He's like, he idolizes him. Yeah. And so it's, this happens, a, I feel like a lot when like you meet an idol or like never people. meet your heroes. Yeah. You meet your idol and you're let down. And so he goes into his office and I love this part because he like clicks some buttons in his office. His chair like turns into a slide. A big hole opens up and he, and he slides down. And we actually the back see cave. him sliding. Yeah. And yeah. it goes through and I'm like. How far away are you from the Batcave right now? I mean, like, logistically, like, if this is downtown Gotham and you're on the outskirts of town, realistically, like, several miles, right? And you're just going through this fucking tube all the way to the Batcave. I wouldn't want to be in a slide for longer than, like, 30 seconds. Exactly. I kind of like it, but at the same time, why don't you just have, like, a different Batsuit in your office so you can just kind of be Batman there and you skip a trip to the Batcave, you know? Yeah. Because that's what, have you you played uh, Arkham City? Not Arkham City. Arkham Knight? Yes. And that one, he has, like, bat suits in his office also. Yes. There's the Batcave, and then you can also go to his office, and it's kind of the same thing, but you can just get Almost dressed like emergency there. emergency suits. Exactly. Yeah. Which, I mean, Batman's smart. This is what he would have. He goes to the bat signal, and it's Dr. Chase Meridian, again, Nicole Kidman, and she's fucking around. She lit the damn thing because she just wants to see him because she has a crush on him. Yeah. I like this character a lot, but they kind of make her into, like, this, Slut. like... A little bit, yeah. They, like, she's, um, <laughs> they portrayed her as just, like, her only goal is to get in Batman's pants. Yeah. And she's supposed to be, it's like, very this intelligent weird woman. Because she's very intelligent, and she proves herself to be so. Like, she doesn't, like, she becomes a damsel in distress towards the end, almost out of necessity, for, like, this movie yeah. to work. But they do kind of make her to be kind of, like, this preteen, like, I have a crush on Batman, they, but they portrayed her like almost other like, boy. A, like, like a, I'm doing air quotes here, but, like, a bimbo. But again, she's not. But she's, she's not. Smart. Exactly. That's why it's weird. Yeah. And Joel Schumacher is an openly gay man. I feel like he has a lot of respect for women, at least more so than we've seen in a lot of these movies. And so it's kind of strange how he treats some of his female characters. Yeah. Some of it might be out of his control. Like, you know, the studio is going to say, hey, we need these things. We need a hot chick. We need a damsel in distress. We need you work within these parameters. Because yeah, maybe that's what he's sex doing. Sells. Oh, yeah. So yeah. she has to be sexy. She has to be in love with Batman. Right. And so maybe he's trying to do the best way he can. But I don't know. But she's in a nighty, by the way. And she's like trying to like seduce Batman yeah. right then and there. And then Batman's like the bat signal is not a beeper. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, my favorite part is that she grabs like his chest plate with the nipples his nips <laughs> and she's like something something black rubber and i'm like stop 
Stop doing that. Stop calling it rubber, please. <laughs> Unless I've like you admit that there's some sort of like armor in there and it's like covered in rubber. Like I don't know. I'm over them calling it rubber because you're admitting that Batman is is just it's a just costume. Wearing, just you know? wearing a rubber costume. Exactly. <laughs> she says, "I'll bring the wine. You bring the scarred psyche." <laughs> And she makes a reference That's actually to a good line. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Again, like, she's kind of fascinated with him, but she's also, like, infatuated. Like, she's, like, very attracted to Batman for being Batman, but she's also like, I want to study you. Like, yeah. I get it. She's interested know? in him for more than one reason. For sure. Uh, and she makes a Catwoman reference. So, again, there is a little bit of, like... Yeah, didn't she say something like, or, or do you prefer, like, whips or something like yeah. that? Whips and leather? She's like, I did my research. <laughs> she yeah. knows. At least they're telling us there's continuity, even though we don't believe it. I don't you believe know? it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we go back to Wayne Enterprises, and Edward Nigma, Jim Carrey, tests his machine on his boss. Because he's pissed now. Yeah. And his boss is going, going is on his way to fire him. And so he's like, well, fuck you. <laughs> Sit down and try my machine. He puts a headset on him. And he kind of goes full Jim Carrey. Right. Yeah, like the weird movements and everything. And like he's just tossing out jokes every, you know, references and jokes uh, like a mile a minute. I he's, still, he's, I, he's I've almost, thought about this. He's like playing his character from The Mask, it seems like at this point. He's Ace Ventura, he's Mask. He's, yeah, he's always, he's, he's Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. You know what I mean? I don't know where I fall on this because I thought about this for a long time. I'm like, do I like this character or do I not like it? I don't know because I don't know if I want Riddler to be Jim Carrey, like the person. Not, like, played by Jim Carrey, because Jim Carrey's a, a phenomenal actor. Right. But if he's just being Jim Carrey, is it a good Riddler? Like, I really can't tell, you know? I I don't like this Riddler. But then I said during the Christmas special, too, I love that he Jim Carreyed the Grinch. So I don't know where my line is, you know? I'm, I'm honestly confused. To me, like, I like the Riddler when he's, like, a condescending asshole. Well, the Riddler in the comics and, like, all the various media is smarter than most people. He has an obsessive compulsion, which is that he has to prove to Batman that he's smarter than yes. him. And he does so by sending him riddles. And in the riddle lies the answer to, like, solving the, the crime. So, like, if he's going to rob a place, he's going to tell Batman where he's going to rob it. He wants to prove to Batman that he's smarter. That he's smarter by giving him the opportunity and watching him fail. Yeah. Right. And Batman, being the world's greatest detective, sometimes will beat him and sometimes might not, right? Yeah. They're they're really at ends intellectually. Mm -hmm. And I feel like some of that works in this. And this some movie does a little it. bit of that, but yeah. none of the riddles are really that clever okay. in this movie. Okay, so I'm really excited about the riddles. That's my favorite part of this movie. I think the riddles are good, and we're going to go through each one of them because there's four riddles. We'll get to that. Basically, he shows how the machine works, and he admits that once you put on the machine and watch TV in your fucking brain, he steals, like, your he's intelligence, He's stealing your IQ, yeah. Essentially, like, he's ripping uh, knowledge from you and putting it in, into his brain, uh, and he's getting smarter, right? Yeah. And so he's he's doing it, and it kind of shows that as this movie progresses, he's getting smarter and smarter and smarter. I'll give you one guess what his grand scheme is. <laughs> Wait, what? Steal everybody's intelligence. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you had something else. Uh, so, Through TV. Yeah, so he kills his boss after doing that and then doctors all this footage mm -hmm. to make it look like it was a suicide. Yeah. And then so Bruce Wayne goes to his secretary or whatever and he gets the first riddle. Yeah. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to read all the riddles out and I'll just give you guys five seconds. If you want to like play along, if you want to try to solve the riddle, just pause, think about it, and then we'll, I we'll what the riddles go were. on. Oh, I wrote them all down. <laughs> okay, so the first riddle is... If you look at the numbers on my face, you won't find 13 any place. Okay, so I pause, think about it, 
Okay, so what's the answer? A clock. A clock. That one's really easy, though. No, that, one was, that, that one, one was easy in the movie, too. Yeah. yeah, okay. He also kind of says it, like, immediately, well, though. because he's smart. The first few riddles are simple. They get progressively harder. Who would send you a riddle? That, Maggie, is the riddle. Yeah. <laughs> he did that line. <laughs> I kind of liked it. Uh, <laughs> so he gets to his house, and there's a second riddle. While he's there, he's watching, like, a news recap of Two-Face. And, and all they basically say is, uh, it's not Falcone, but it's, like, a mob boss. Another one of the mob bosses. Yeah. Just, threw acid. Just threw acid on his face. Yeah. Like, during, like, a hearing. Yeah. And Batman was there for some reason. Like, Batman, like, dove through yeah. the window trying was, to save him. What was he just, like, was he, was he expect- sitting in the audience? Was he expecting it to happen? Was he a witness? Like, what? Anyway. And like Imagine he was holding him in the bat suit, just in the courtroom. Like, all right, all rise. And so he's holding a piece of paper on his face, I guess, just so perfectly that all the acid hits one side of his face. Perfectly, yeah, like because literally it's, symmetrical, it's straight down his face. And that's kind of something that bothers me in this. But... I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Like it goes down his neck and everything. If you if yeah. you look closely. So Bruce Wayne goes to visit Dr. Chase Meridian because he hasn't gotten his second riddle. So he has two riddles now. And he goes, basically, you're the psychologist. Help me out with this. And she's like, well, you've got a stalker. Like, that's all it is. Like, this person's obsessed with you. And we get the second riddle. All right, riddle number two. I'm so excited. Tear one off and scratch my head. What was red is black instead. So think about it. Think about it. What's the answer? A match. Did you get that one too? That one was another simple yeah, one. Yeah, these, are, these you, are easy. You these strike are, a, a match yeah. is red, you strike it, and then yeah. it burns up. The first two are easy. But it, I think it takes her a second too. She looks at Bruce and he's like, match. Because <laughs> uh, he's the he's the genius. He's a right? genius. Yeah. So I love this part because Bruce Wayne is supposed to be super super smart, but he falls for dumb shit when he gets kind of distracted. He turns around and he sees an ink block, like a Rorschach, and it's clearly a bat, but like it's supposed to not be a bat. It's supposed to be an ink block, it's and he's to be like ambiguous, right? And he's like, oh, you got to think for bats, dude. Like you should have known that you're the one that sees the bat. And she's like, do you have a thing for bats? Because that's a yeah. Rorschach. Boom roasted, man. How'd you walk? You walked right into that. (laughs) You dumbass. You know who you're with. (laughs) Yeah. And so he kind of like just tries to play it off off and he finds the doll and he's like, oh, you got a thing for dolls too? Like, cool it, dude. (laughs) Um, But it's like this, uh, it's like a dream catcher doll, right? And it's supposed to protect you from bad dreams of which he's been having. He's having all these traumatic dreams. Because he's Batman. Right. From like his uh, childhood trauma. What I thought was kind of interesting, but also kind of distracting, is that the doll looks like Two-Face, because it's, like, right down the middle. But the whole yeah. point of this doll is supposed to be, like, the duality of Batman. Like, you have two sides of you that are clashing, and you don't have a real identity anymore, because you don't know who you Which are. Which I guess they kind of but, did but, with Two-Face. But no, they didn't do that with Two-Face. Two-Face is just weird. Yeah. Like, they write that they write Two-Face off as just being like, oh, he's he's very he's... one-dimensional, he's very crazy. If they had done it with Two-Face also, like, I think the bones of it are here. Like, yeah. if you like, do... there's a duality with him in this movie. It's just so ridiculous and dumb that... And it's all puns. Yeah. <laughs> the entire movie, he talks in the second person. So he says, we and yeah. us, referring to just himself. And when I was a kid, I thought he meant, like, his girlfriends, because he has two girlfriends on this. Drew Barrymore <laughs> and the other one. But, you know, he's literally just talking about himself. He's and like, we I, do this. That and... part, I didn't really have a problem with. Uh... No, it's fine. But it's, yeah. again, if they had done it better. So, like, obviously in The Dark Knight, they really do Two-Face justice. Um, I think he's a little too short-lived in Dark Knight. But... I, well, I mean. Because they, they kill him off, like, yeah. like, half an hour after he becomes the villain. But his purpose in that movie is to 
push like, Batman. oppose Batman yeah. and how their duality works. Yeah. Where, no, like thematically, they did them perfectly. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. They could have done something like that here where Chase is studying Batman and his psyche and his duality. Mm-hmm. He's torn by that. And at the same time, he's fighting someone else who is literally defined by his duality. You know, like yeah. that could have worked. Had they executed Two-Face better, but they don't. So, no, they, but yeah. credit where credit's due, I love all this Chase and Bruce Wayne stuff. I love all of the kind of dissecting Batman psychologically. Right after that, she goes, oh, it protects you from bad dreams. Do you need one? I can give it to you. And he's like, like I don't, I don't need that. Uh, and she, again, fucking calls him out. Like, she's <laughs> like, I think that you understand re- like repressed memories better than you let on or something like that. Like, she's just calling him out left and right. And so he, again, plays it off and is like, I let, I, can I take you out on a date? <laughs> you want to go to the circus? <laughs> and invites her to the circus, right? And she goes. Right. And then so we get to the circus. And that's where we meet the Flying Graysons. We see Robin and his origin I actually story. like this. I love this scene, except for the big, like, Adam West Batman round bomb. <laughs> oh, yeah. With a giant timer on it. That was a little dumb. Yeah. So, but the whole, like, the sequence with the Flying Graysons, yeah, yeah. like, seeing Richard as he's known at this time, not Dick. Well, I mean, his name is Dick. Mm-hmm. They call him Dick the whole movie. They call him Richard during this part. They're like, Richard Grayson. Uh, oh, sure, sure, sure. But his, obviously his nickname is Nick. Back in yeah. the day, uh, Richards used to go by Dick. Yeah, I think so. I think some still do. But now you call someone a dick when they're being a dick. Right, because you're talking about penises. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of ruined it for them. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, like we see Dick Grayson, his family. They're doing the acrobats. They're yeah. pretty damn good. Obviously, they're, they're flying Graysons. <laughs> And he's got the Robin costume on. That's yeah, part of it's it. Like, That's it's always his, been his the origin. Yeah. Is that the Robin costume is the Flying Grayson's it was, costume. It was his circus outfit. Exactly. Two-Face comes, shows up, takes over. All his goons are there. And they introduce a bomb. And they're like, this bomb's going to blow up unless Batman... Because he's obsessed with Batman. He wants to... You know, that's his plan, obviously. Because all the people are rich. And he's like, one of you knows who Batman is. And he's like, odds are one of you is Batman. Yeah. And Bruce is like... Again, his identity is important to him, but also, like, if it means saving people, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. He will die right there on the spot. And he's basically like, hey, like, I'm Batman. Hello. And everyone's freaking out. No one can hear him or whatever. So he tries to at least go fight some goons, save the day. Yeah. The Graysons are like, hey, we can probably get this bomb out of here. So they start doing acrobatics up in the rafters to get the bomb out, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. They're heroes. Uh, All that part was cool. Like you said, (laughs) this scene is cool. Yeah. Uh, This is probably my favorite scene in the movie, actually. Yeah. 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 Dick takes the bomb to the top of the building. And just throws it out into the water where it explodes. Not a big explosion. No. I was kind of bummed out by that. I was like, <laughs> giant bomb. The scene is like 10 minutes long. And then the explosion is just kind of like. Yeah, it's like a whole action set piece. Yeah. In this time, Two-Face started shooting at the Graysons. Yeah. And they all fell. Or they yeah, they cut wires or something like that. He killed everybody but Dick. Yeah. So his parents and his brother are dead. He looks down. That's the sad part. Yeah, and he starts like crying. That scene's good. Yeah, like you said. No, that scene is good. Yeah. He's a good actor, Chris O'Donnell. He's all right. In, the, in this think, scene, at least, he's yeah. a pretty damn good actor. He's but then good I'll say in the rest of like Batman, like when he's Robin, I'm like, you just kind of seem like a whiny bitch. Yeah, I think it could have been written a little bit differently, and I think he could have been directed a little bit better. Because yeah. there are some scenes that he's really, really good in. Mm-hmm. And there are some other ones where I'm like, oh. Like he's just kind of <laughs> running around yelling yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Bruce Wayne, for some reason, like adopts him or something. Like he, he just, I guess, invites him to stay He probably there. feels... A certain kinship with him at this point. Oh no, no, obviously, literally yeah. the same thing that happened to him. Exactly. Yeah. And he definitely wants to like guide him into not becoming a vengeance obsessed. Exactly, which he kind of ends up being anyway. But yeah. he gets to the Wayne Manor, and he's basically like, "Hey, like I'm gonna leave. Yeah, I'm out of here, dumbass." 
we start seeing Bruce Wayne having the nightmares. Something that I, we were talking about the connectivity between the other films. They match the scene because he's, he's having nightmares of his parents, his dying. parents dying, which was shown in the first movie. And it's Jack Napier, young Jack Nicholson, Joker, right? Yeah. And they match that scene. It's a reshoot, but they match it up. And now there's a lot of like smoke because it's hazy because it's a nightmare and you remember certain things. He's kind of like in a daze and Alfred's like near him and he says something like, I killed them. I don't know why he said I killed them. He says, I killed them. Two-Face killed them. And Alfred calls him out. He's like, no, you said I. I killed them. And he's yeah. like, kind of doesn't think about it. And it's because he feels guilt over, over what happened. What happened because Two-Face was there Looking solely to get him. Here's and, the thing, though. He was trying to give himself up. Yeah, but he didn't succeed. So he still feels right. guilt that he didn't do enough to save. Now, now that kid's parents kid, are dead. Yeah, he's just created another one of himself. Yeah. That's why he's doing this. He feels just responsible guilty and he feels for responsible. what exactly. happened to there was some really good Alfred and Robin stuff here, too, because Alfred shows him his room. Oh, I feel like they get along pretty quickly. Yeah. Alfred's also nice the guy. best. Like, they're both Alfred's nice guys. the best. Yeah. Dick tells him to throw away his... Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to need this anymore. Yeah. And Alfred's like, you know what? I'll just put it right here. Like, he like, like puts you... it in a drawer. Yeah. He's like, your wounds are going to heal, and one day, like, you might need Robin is going to fly again, because Robin is something that his parents called him. Meanwhile, Batman is, like, out on the streets... Because Two-Face is doing shit. And he does this old lady bit where he pretends to be an old lady with a carriage. This is just another Joker bit. Because he's doing Joker bits left and right. Yeah. But also, Green Goblin does this. Remember that part (laughs) in uh, Spider-Man? Yeah. Uh, Just pretends to be an old lady. Mm. It was better when Green Goblin did it than this too, though. Was it? It's about the same, I think. (laughs) And then there's like a short chase scene. And then the Batmobile crawls up a wall. How do you feel about that? (laughs) I've seen the Batman will do stuff like that in like other media, but I don't know. It looked weird in this movie. But where's it going? Oh, I have no idea. It went up the wall and disappeared. Yeah, what's it going to do when it gets to the top of the building? You know, like... Fall the fuck down. Yeah, I don't know. The Batmobile can do whatever the fuck the plot demands it to exactly. do. Exactly. Meanwhile, Riddler's trying to figure out his name. He's like in his like little apartment. Like the jokester. Little... <laughs> and pretty much, like both these guys are just jokers. Like, yeah. let's be for real. Because Riddler, I mean, I, I I get that it's Jim Carrey, he's making jokes, but it just feels kind of Joker to me. But like the, um, uh, He says a bunch of names like the Gamester, question mark man. <laughs> uh, and he just lands on Riddler. You've already written two riddles, so why was this so hard? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were smart. <laughs> yeah. So he figures out he's going to be the Riddler and sneaks into Two-Face's lair. He also cut his hair. Did he cut his hair? Oh, he. I don't know, because his hair, this is something I was wondering. Goes back and forth between short, long, red, and natural colored like four times in this movie. You think it's it's long and naturally red. Then it's the second time we see him, it's long and dyed red. Then it's short dyed red. Then it's short natural colored. Then it's long red again. Do you think that was intentional? I have no fucking idea. I mean, it had me confused the entire time. Because I remember there's distinctly there's a part where his head is like almost shaved, but it's red. Like it's like super short hair. Yeah, it's like inch long. Yeah. Then we see him after that when he's just pretending to be like a normal person, not yeah. the Riddler. He could his, have a wig there. His hair's longer. Yeah. yeah. So I guess. But then it's long red again. Yeah, I don't it, know. It's nonsense. It's total nonsense. Maybe there was something behind the scenes that we don't know about. Sure. But that's when he sneaks into the lair and Two-Face is just being, again, I like the lines and I like Tommy Lee Jones as an actor, but this is horrible. <laughs> but he convinces him to join forces. And this is after he does like another like split personality bit where like one girl's like, oh, I made your favorite food. And it's like something that sounds really delicious. And the other girl's like, oh, I made your favorite food. And it's mm-hmm. like a bunch of burnt shit. 
again, there's stuff in this movie that's clearly for the kids and stuff that's for the I'm adults. I'm not even sure I it's liked not, that as a kid. I think I did. And I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's, it's not homogeneous. This movie is not at all. I think it's, this is this scene is for the kids, this scene is for the adults. The psychology shit, that just went over my head as a kid. I had no idea yeah. what was going on. Well, then you have the flying grace and shit too, which was kind of dark for this movie actually. Sure, but at least kids could maybe kind of relate. I don't know. Well, Disney kills parents all the time, so. Oh yeah, they're used to it. So he convinces Two-Face to help steal enough capital so he can start his business, Nigmatech, and make the boxes. And each box is going to go on TVs all around Gotham yeah. so people can watch TV interactively, like VR, basically. Yeah, and he'll use that technology to obviously drain all of their yeah, intelligence. exactly. Which, you know what? Okay, I get it. You want to be the smartest guy, but you're already creating a tech company that becomes bigger than Wayne Enterprises and... Arguably, yeah. You're not satisfied with that? <laughs> sure. Well, again, he has an obsession. He's, I guess, He's obsessed yeah. with Bruce Wayne. He wants to be smarter than Bruce. The, I guess the thing with Batman successful. villains is like there's something like fundamentally broken in their mind. Right. Dick Grayson is doing laundry. You want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So they're doing the laundry and then Alfred says something along the lines of, oh, hey, you know, you need help with that. And he's like, no, it's all right, Al. I'm not used to people waiting on me. And then he like pulls his clothes out of the washer and starts like swinging them around and doing karate with them. He starts doing karate moves with his laundry yeah. to hang up his laundry because I guess he's cool. And like, yeah. I, this is for kids. This is for the kids to be like, that guy's cool. I want to be Robin. But like, there's a guitar solo in the background. Yeah. Like, it is by far the cringiest scene doesn't, in any doesn't of this movie. he get movies. like a shirt and he like flips around like it's nunchucks? He does that And then he throws socks. it on like the dry, then there's the drying rack. Yeah. And then he, line. and then he stretches it out with his foot, by the way. Yeah. And then he takes a shirt that's too wet. So he wrings it out and makes a huge mess. On the floor. On the floor and then mops it up all cool flips the mop it is so cringy mopping isn't cool look up this scene on youtube can i might put a link to it i might link notes? it yeah, yeah i might link it it's it's it so, so fucking bad cringy no words right dick grayson is obsessed with this one door in the mansion that he can't get into obviously it's the entrance to the back cave yeah right it's just a regular door it's not the Iron Maiden anymore. <laughs> I like the Iron Maiden. Sure. But I think this is the way that Alfred was getting in. Like, well, not... yeah, because Alfred will be like, you know what? I'm just going to go take the I'm stairs. I'm taking the stairs like a normal human, and that's where <laughs> this door is. He tricks Alfred. He's, like, on, like, the third floor on the corridor. And Alfred's about to go to the Batcave. So he's like, hey, like, Dick, where are you? And he's like, oh, I'm way up here. And he's like, okay, cool. But he, the door just swings so slowly. And Dick Grayson. dramatic. Right. And Dick Grayson does all these acrobatic moves, like swinging on curtains and on chandeliers. To get down from the third floor. Exactly. And then lands into the door, slides and falls down the stairs. Alarms are going off. He is now infiltrated in the Batcave. Intruder alert. Yeah. And fucking. And Alfred's, Alfred's like, like, fuck. I let someone else in the Batcave. <laughs> Alfred's like 0 for 3, by the way. <laughs> he is not good at this. Yeah. Uh, Bruce is on a date with Chase at her apartment. And he's basically getting free therapy here because he's telling her about his dreams and how he has the same dream, but sometimes he's awake. And now he's seeing things that he didn't remember before. Like now he sees this book and she's like, dumbass, you're having repressed memories. Like this is classic. You have trauma you need to deal with. Again, I, I really like all this Batman getting therapy. Like this is all very necessary. <laughs> um, he needs to like actually make appointments. Though. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's just dating this, this bitch. <laughs> But then his Apple Watch goes off. He gets, like, a FaceTime from Alfred. And I'm like, that's real technology. Like, that didn't exist at the time. But that's real stuff that exists right now. And it literally looks just like that. Yeah. You know, I like when these movies try to predict the future, get it right. Power Rangers kind of did it, too, with the communicators. 
Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. When Zordon um, calls him, he's yeah. like, Rangers, we need you. Okay, Zordon. So he messages Bruce Wayne. He's like, hey, we got a problem. I need you to come. And he's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, Dick stole a car. And he's like, oh, like the Rolls Royce? He's, and he's like, like, no, no the, the other, other car. car. The Bentley? The other car. And then, and then Bruce is like, ah, oh, fuck. That one. He goes on a joyride, gets in a fight with the fucking neon gang. He claims that he's Batman. Yeah. The neon gang. Because remember, at nighttime, everything's fucking neon lights. Yeah, this is and a so the weird, gang. like, 90s cyberpunk aesthetic. It's very cyberpunk. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And he fucking tries to fight them. He, he didn't take a bat suit on his way he out. He says he's Batman, and then he's like, they what? laugh at him more like Batboy, and he's like, what? I forgot the suit. Big deal. <laughs> and so he sort of fights them, and then obviously Batman shows up, saves the day. Yeah. And is like yelling at him and back in the Batcave, and he's like, hey, like, you have no right to tell me what I can't do. Like, I can help you. Like, I can be... Yeah. You can help me. You're Batman. You can help me get Two-Face. Well, doesn't he also get upset at him because... um sort of put some blame on him for his parents at this point a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. when he starts punching him. Yeah. He's punching him, and he's like, this is all your fault. Like, you killed him. This is on you. Batman kind of agrees with him. No, he's like, yeah. dude, you're right. He says, uh, if, if Bruce Wayne could have died to save your parents, he would have. I like all of this, because Bruce has, explains to him that killing Harvey won't help him, and he knows this from personal experience. Yeah. I feel like this is, works in two ways, because on one hand, it kind of acknowledges that he murdered a bunch of people in the last two movies, and now maybe he's he like... Also- Killed the Joker in the first one. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And Penguin, sort of? And a bunch of Penguin goons? Like, yeah. So, but that, with the Joker one, like, that was the guy that killed his parents. Like, he got right. his revenge. It didn't exactly. make him feel any better. Yeah, exactly. I think specifically that's what he's saying. Because, remember, Batman is supposed to have, like, this no-kill rule. And they ignore that for two movies. And I think now they're like, well, I mean, this is the part where he learns his lesson. And now he's, like, no-kill. He's kill. regaining a little bit of his uh, humanity. Right. And he's like, this is not going to help you, you know? But on the other hand, he's telling him, like, hey, revenge is not the answer. Like, you think it's going to solve your problem, but then you're going to get it, and it's only going to make you feel worse. Yeah, and you're 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 going to want more. Yeah, and you're going to keep out seeking out more and more and more vengeance, but nothing makes you feel better. And he's basically admitting to him, again, free therapy, he's admitting to him (laughs) that he's doing no better as Batman now. Yeah, like it didn't make him feel better. Yeah, he's in a vicious cycle. Crime isn't getting any better, probably. No. He's not getting any better. Why should he even continue Could be being argued Batman? that crime's getting worse. Pro- probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these he's creating his own villains at this point. Yeah. So, Nigma Tech just blows up. There's like a montage. Yeah. It like, literally becomes like bigger than yeah. Wayne Enterprise. He's selling the box. Everybody wants the box. He holds his big gala. Invites Bruce Wayne, obviously. I love how he tries to keep being like Bruce Wayne. So, they meet. And yeah. he brings Chase Meridian. Yeah, his date. Yeah, and so he needed a date, so he borrows Drew Barrymore, who's, like, the good girlfriend to Two-Face. Oh, yeah. And then, like, uh, he has to read something. He puts on, like, his glasses, and uh, Edward puts on his glasses. He takes the glasses He's off. He's, like, he takes trying to be like off. him. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, this little bit was fun. Yeah. But it also doesn't feel Riddlery though. It feels almost jokery. No, because, he's, again, he's obsessed with Bruce. Not Batman. And that's the thing I think about I'm talking this. more about the mannerisms. Maybe, yeah. Again, it's Jim Carrey, and it feels like True. maybe he'd be a better Joker than a Riddler. He probably would. He probably would have, honestly. I think he would have been better than Jack Nicholson. Uh, absolutely. I'm 100% there. I did not like Jack Nicholson that Give much. Give us a Jack Nicholson Riddler. Jack Nicholson Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> that might work, actually. Uh, maybe. But they're at the gala, and he is introducing the next big tech that Nigma Tech came up with. And it's an even more kind of virtual reality type 
hallucinogenic TV experience. And so you go in there and basically everything just feels real. It's all your fantasies. Like they put Commissioner Gordon and like he's surrounded by beautiful women and he's on a beach or whatever. Commissioner yeah. Gordon is such a patsy and everything. Like he's always at all these events. Yeah. Why? Why are you working? <laughs> like go do work. In the first one, he was doing work in the first movie. Yes. And never. And now he's just kind of like, well, in fuck. In the first I, one, he was like in the field. Yeah. And now he's like, well, fuck, where's Batman? I don't I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All I do is turn on the light, man. <laughs> yeah. And so Enigma is challenging Bruce to like trial his machine because he wants to learn all the secrets of Bruce Wayne. Again, the Riddler is after Bruce Wayne, not Batman, because he wants revenge on Bruce Wayne for shutting him down. Yeah. But Two-Face wants Batman. They don't know they're one and the same, that they're actually after the same goal. So Two-Face shows up, just fucking crashes the party. Bruce Wayne had stepped into that machine because he was curious, but he also thought it was powered off, gets powered on. He also kind of wants to solve his fucking, like, nightmare problems. And unfortunately, he was in there long enough where Riddler now is going to steal all his, like, secrets, like his brain and everything, all his memories and stuff like that. Because I guess that's something that happens in this movie. Yeah, it's like now, now he can read minds. Yeah, but he sneaks out of it in time to go change into Batman and, you know, start fighting all the goons like always. But Dick Grayson is there and he goes out to the car right afterwards and he's like, hey, Alfred, like, get me my suit. And Alfred's totally encouraging this. He's like, oh, yeah, here. And he puts on his Robin suit, like the the one from like his tights and stuff like that. It's all fabric. And Alfred goes, I could be fired for this, sir. Perhaps they'll have me back at Buckingham Palace. What did he do to get fired from Buckingham Palace? <laughs> that maybe he's like wanted and that's why he has to be with Batman at this point. That's why he worked for the Waynes. <laughs> yeah. The only ones who will take him <laughs> to commit crimes. Did you catch the Indiana Jones reference? I don't think I did. Batman's fighting all the goons, and one guy pulls out these knives. Oh. And he's like, Psh, he does all these yeah, moves with the all... knives, and Batman just, like, kicks him and runs away. And that's the... The reference to when Indy shoots the guy with the sword. The swords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how in all these movies, Batman's only entrance is to break the skylights and yeah. enter from above. He just crashes through. He's done it, like, four <laughs> times at this point. And he does it, and the next movie, he does it, like, three more times. It's, <laughs> I guess it's his thing. Yeah. Basically, he gets chased out into, like, a weird, into, like, a basement. A bunch of gas is going at him, and Two-Face lights it on fire. But Batman, obviously, ever the prepared Batman, yeah. throws his cape around him and, like, hits, like, a thermal protection button and survives the fire. Yeah. <laughs> I like the bit where Two-Face is like, why won't you just fucking die? <laughs> but he gets buried, pretty like, in gravel. Yeah. Which is, uh, that, that will kill you. Like, it's, it'll, it'd be difficult to get out of that. Yep. Luckily. Even for Batman. Our friend Dick Grayson shows up. Yeah. Trapezing for no reason. You didn't have to do that. You could have just walked <laughs> yeah. on the gravel. But he's trapezing and he, like, saves him. He pulls him. him up and then Batman's pissed at him. Obviously, he's like, why are you doing that? Like, I'm trying so hard to not make you a Batman. And yet, here you are being a Batman. Yep. And I like the part where Bruce Wayne calls out. Alfred, he's like, you're helping him. Yeah. Help. And then Alfred kind of fires back. I love it because he says something along the lines of like... He's like, you don't give encouragement to people that um, want revenge. You give them guidance. Right. He's basically saying like, you can't stop him from wanting revenge. What you can right. do is guide him in the right direction. Yeah. And this is what I've done to you your whole life. And yeah, it led you to being Batman. But the alternative was that you become a criminal, like a murderer. Yeah. Which I mean... Arguably, he already is. But... <laughs> He's a rich murderer. I like that this Alfred... Because we were talking about 
all the different Alfreds, and I think the first Batman episode. Yeah. But this one seems to not be the kind of Alfred that is trying to talk Batman out of being Batman. No, he's so, just trying to talk him into being whatever's best for Bruce. Yeah. I think he understands that... That he needs to be Batman. They, right. Yeah. That there is no alternative. Yeah. So at the very least, I'm going to help him be the best Batman and stay on the like path of righteousness and not derail. Because there's a couple times where he says, I was so afraid that you'd fall into the darkness. And I'd mm-hmm. like, thank God you never did. You know? This has become my favorite Alfred. It, yeah, it really grew on me. And I wasn't expecting it because I thought it was more of just a butler. He's also one of the butler. only characters that's the same actor, actor yeah. consistently through. Yeah. So, yeah, I really think this gives... What's his face? I think it gives him a run for his money. Um, Michael Caine? Michael Caine. Oh, I think he does. I like him better, actually. Well, again, they're different philosophies. Right. Michael Caine's like, I can't help you kill yourself. I refuse to take part in this. While this one's like, if I don't help you, you're going to become the very villains that you're fighting. This Alfred wants to take care of Bruce till the very end. Yeah. I mean, eh, I like them both. But this one, it really grew on me throughout these movies, for sure. Oh, and during all this... Val Kilmer is shirtless. So we get Return of Nudity Minute. We got abs. Yeah, we haven't had we that in a while. We got abs. We got abs. Uh, and he's ripped. Like, good for him. I'm glad we didn't see Michael Keaton shirtless. I don't think he was ripped. I don't I don't believe he's in Batman shape ever. I think he was just, he just looks average man. Yeah, he looks yeah. really skinny, just kind of average. But Val Kilmer looks good. And, I mean, that's like, who he was at the time. I mean, the yeah. Top Gun was not that far before this no so and he's ripped in that too obviously volleyball scene <laughs> so the return of the abs but that's just going to carry into our next scene where we get some tastefully implied nudity oh yeah, yeah. your favorite term <laughs> tasteful implied nudity yeah because he goes and visits chase as batman because batman also chase kind of like you know what i'm gonna call it i'm gonna be fair i'm gonna play it both ways when we did Ghost Rider, I was like, hey, like, Ghost Rider shouldn't just, like, run up and kiss whoever he wants. Chase Meridian <laughs> grabs Batman and just kisses him. Yeah. In the gala scene when she got saved by him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, come to my apartment at midnight, you know, so we can fuck. And so he gets there and she's straight up naked, left the door wide open for him to come in. But she's, like, in her sheets. And so she walks out. She brings the whole sheets with her, obviously. Tasteful implied nudity. <laughs> and they, like, make out. And then this is the part where I'm like, you're kind of making her into, like, this preteen who doesn't know what she wants. She wants this boy or she wants that boy. Because she's like, this is crazy. Like, you're here and I have you. But I don't want you anymore. I'm kind of in love with someone else. And she's, like, in love with Bruce Wayne. And you can tell he's kind of, like, excited by that. He's, he's like, he's like, solves he's like, all I, my problems. I understand. <laughs> Sweet. I did not want to deal with this. Crazy bitch in love with Batman and not Bruce Wayne. Like, this is awesome. This works out for me just fine. And you get the part where he turns around and he does a real dumbass smile, which is like a meme now. That smile reminds me. I don't think I like the way Val Kilmer looks in the mask. Something about his mouth is weird to me. I kind of agree with you, but I don't think it's the mouth. What is it? I think that he's so, so clean shaven. You know when you shave your beard off, your lips look weird because you're not used to seeing them like that? Yeah. They're almost like too pink and you're like, why are my lips so pink? And then people are going to be like, why are your lips so pink? Are you okay? I think that's kind of it where he, he looks so pink and so cleanly shaven and his lips are shaped in such a way that he kind of looks like a girl when you cover up the rest of his face. But also like not really I, because it's still Val Kilmer. He's obviously Val Kilmer, but there's, there's a couple there's, pictures. There's just something that looks yeah. weird. Yeah. There's a couple pictures where if I told you, hey, that's, that's a girl in a Batman suit, you'd be like, oh shit, really? And you look and be like, oh wait, 
No, is that's it? that's just Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the first, again, there's two suits. The first one works a lot better, I think, than the second one. I think if he had a little bit of stubble, it would have worked a little bit better. It'd also make him look a little tougher. Right. Like Ben Affleck Batman, who always has a little bit of stubborn. He's going to yeah. fucking murder you. <laughs> I like Ben Affleck Batman. Yeah. Uh, he's at least I intimidating. I don't know if that's a popular opinion or not, but he, oh. he's cool. Have you been on Twitter? It's a very popular opinion. Oh, Everyone okay. loves Ben Affleck Batman. Batfleck, they don't like the movies. The movies are divided, obviously. Right. But And I'm not a huge fan of the movies, but him no, as sure, Batman? Sure, sure. Awesome. Awesome. Amazing, yeah. Anyway, well, I think when we finish, we'll rank all the Batman. All the Batman? Yeah, I think we should do that uh, okay. next week. So he goes back to the Batcave, and he tells Dick, like, hey, I'm done being Batman. It's over. I Which find... is very abrupt. <laughs> it was very abrupt, and then I thought about it. I'm like, it actually kind of works, because the arc that he's following is that he has all this repressed memories and all this trauma, and he thought being Batman was going to solve that, and, and it, it didn't. didn't. And only by seeing it in Robin is he starting to figure it out. But before, he kind of didn't have anything to risk. Batman doesn't care about his own life. He doesn't care if he dies. That's not something he's concerned about. He's pretty much already dead inside, right? <laughs> but now that Robin's involved, he feels a lot more responsibility. So he kind of has put a face onto innocence, right? He can see an innocent person becoming like a dark, corrupt psychopath like he is as Batman. And that's when he's like, he's like, no, I can't do this. I can't anymore. do this to you. And I'm and Chase is coming over and I'm going to tell her everything. And I'm going to shut it all down. He's like, all right, fuck so you, I was Batman, but not anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's telling his girlfriend that he's Batman. When has he ever done this before? Like, <laughs> Literally every, every, every movie. Every girlfriend he's had. Every woman he meets. He's well, like, Bruce hey, is by very, the way, uh, I'm Batman. man, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and none of them expose the secret. Sure. Because she comes over. And by the way, it's Halloween. This is a Halloween movie, everybody. Now it's a Halloween movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. We should have done this in October. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and he's like, I want to tell you something. Something I've never told anyone before. And I'm like, you've told everybody. What are you talking about? But he's specifically not talking about being Batman. He's talking about this, like, dream that he's having. Again, yeah. free therapy. I really like all this flashback stuff where he, where it's at the wake and he falls into the cave. He sees the bat and... He's about to tell her, but she's just, I guess, she's a bad doctor because she's like, so. Not letting him talk. <laughs> yeah, and she kisses him again. And she's like, he like he's about to have a breakthrough right here and you kind of ruined it. But by kissing him, I guess she's implies that she recognizes the kiss because she had just made out with Batman the night before. Yep. So she looks at him and she kind of smiles. They're about to be like, oh, my God, like you're Batman. But then. They get attacked by Riddler and Two Face because obviously they know that that Bruce Wayne is yeah Batman Bruce Wayne is Batman. He figured it out yeah. because he, he had his memories. Yeah, he, and he saw the bat in his mind. I like, skipped a riddle. You skipped a riddle. Fuck. Okay, so we're gonna do two riddles right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, Riddler and Two Face show up. Riddler basically tells Two Face, "We're not gonna kill anybody. Just sit here and wait." <laughs> so Two Face is just sitting there like a little boy, <laughs> like on a bench. While Riddler has a whole Jim Carrey episode and blows up the whole Batcave, right? <laughs> um, meanwhile, Bruce has to fight all of the goons. All these goons are clearly, like, not good fighters. And it's kind of like... Yeah. It's kind of campy in how they follow him around and he gets away. But also, it made me feel weird because the choreography on Bruce's end is really good. But the choreography for all the goons is really bad. <laughs> So Two-Face is sitting here flipping his coin because he, d- he doesn't care. He, he basically is like, I'm going to keep flipping until I get the other side so I can go kill people. <laughs> That's not how chance works. If you keep on going until you get the result you want. Like, of course, you're obviously going to eventually get that result. Exactly. You're not leaving anything up to chance. But so he's like, oh, shit, I get to shoot Bruce Wayne now. Shoots him in the fucking face, by the way. Bullet like grazes his head. <laughs> so the Batcave's blowing up. They kidnap Chase. 
Bruce is passed out, wakes up, and uh, Alfred's like, hey, everything sucks now. By the way, there's another riddle. So we get to the <laughs> final riddle, but I skipped a riddle, so let's go back. Okay, so the third riddle, the eight of us go forth and not back to prevent our king from the foe's attack. Oh, you don't know this one? No, is it pawn? It is pawn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was given the five seconds. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. <laughs> I thought you were thinking about no, it. No, 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 I was, no. Like, I, was, I was counting the five, but yeah, 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 yeah chess pawns, pawns. Chess yeah. pawns. That was pretty easy, too, actually. Yeah. These aren't that hard. No. The next one's a little bit more difficult. So the <laughs> final riddle, this is absolutely my favorite riddle. We're five little items of an everyday sort. You'll find us all in a tennis court. So this is definitely the hardest one. <laughs> but pause. Try to figure it out. We're five little items. I don't remember. You don't remember? No. Oh, well, thank you. You can't figure it out. Five little items of an everyday sort. You'll find us all in a tennis court. This is like the most legitimate riddle because you have to think outside the box. Yeah. Like that's how riddles are supposed to be. They're not supposed to be like straightforward. No, the other ones are pretty straightforward. No, this one's like actually a riddle. Yeah. Um, you'll find us in, in Damn a it. tennis court. You don't know it? Do you, do you want me to? Yeah, just go ahead okay. and Okay, it. it's vowels. Vowels. A tennis court has all five vowels one time in order. Oh, fuck yeah. Isn't that cool? It was the letters. Yeah. yeah. A T E and an I C O U R T. A tennis court. It's weird that he calls them little items though. When you write them down, they're small, right? Yeah, I think it's just a fa- like items. When you think items, you think like actual yeah. objects. Well, sure, but that's a, it's a that's riddle. the point of the riddle, though. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the riddle. <laughs> so Bruce Wayne is faced with four riddles now, and he's like, "What do these have in common?" Him and Alfred are going back and forth, and I, Alfred's supposed to be really smart too. Yeah, yeah, and there's like a whole scene of them just trying to figure this yeah. out. Yeah, I like this part. Again, he's being a detective. Also, this is Riddler's bit. He is telling you how to beat him. He's giving you the answers. You just have to figure it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's also telling you. Who he is. Exactly. That's the answer to the riddle. So <laughs> he figures out all these riddles have numbers in them. And so when you put them in order, it's 13, that was the clock, 1, one 8, and five. 5. And he's like, what could these be? And I had forgotten what the answer was. And I was like, oh, this is probably the alphabet, right? The so you assign the letters. Because that's how I feel like all, like, that's what, like yeah. coding and stuff, right? I paused it because I was like, I want to figure this out. And I did it. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense because it's M, A, H, and E. And I don't fucking spell anything. And then I played it, and he's like, well, that doesn't work. And Bruce Wayne's like, well, well, the one and the eight might be 18. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm an idiot. So it's M-R-E, <laughs> Mr. E. Mr. And he's like, e. oh, it's Mr. E. It's like Mr. E and then um, Enigma. How do they get Enigma? I'm trying to remember. They go Mr. E. Mystery. The scene. Oh, oh, because it's mystery. Mystery. Goes, mystery. Mr. E. Mystery. Another word for a mystery is it's enigma. It's an enigma. Mr. E. Mr. Enigma. E. Enigma. Edward Enigma. Edward Enigma. That's a stretch, I think. That's a stretch. That's not a good riddle, but it's a good plot device, I think. It's a great plot device, yeah. So he's like, all right, sh- sweet. I know where to go now. Because like, at the end there, they just kind of magically figured it out. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a stretch. That's not believable. Unless he's just that genius. Again, a tennis court, best riddle ever. That one is good. So he's like, oh, all the bat suits are destroyed. What are you going to do? He's like, oh, do you have that experimental one with the sonar? This is how he gets his second bat suit, which this fucking blows. Because the first one is so beautiful. And this one is like really silver. It's very silver and very reflective. Yeah. So it's not like the black one in any way. So he suits up in this bat suit. Again, mm-hmm. all these pictures are linked below. And this one looks much worse on him because it's bulky and it makes his head look really small. I don't know. Kilmer already has a small head. No, but he looks great in the first suit. (laughs) He looks horrible in this one. So, uh, and then Robin shows up and he has his suit too. I like Robin's suit. It's amazing. Like it's his flying Grayson suit, but armor. I mean, it's, yeah, it's the Robin suit. 
but it's yeah. just so so good looking. I don't it know. It looks good on screen. It looks really good on screen. The only fault I think is that it's like a rubber. So all the all the reasons we do or do not like the other bat suits, yeah. it's just the Robin version of that. But since we are in this universe where that's what bat suits look like, yeah. fuck, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing is, and this caught a lot of flack, is what they call a cod piece. Do you know what a cod piece is? Is that so? Like in like the Victorian era, like the aristocrats, like the rich people would wear like these pants that had a little pouch for your balls to sit in. Oh. Like, you could see the person's balls because the fabric goes around it. And so that's a cod piece. So what they're saying is, like, instead of, like, a cup or, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> like a regular crotch area in their suits, right. it's very much like cupping their balls. Oh. <laughs> um, I didn't notice that. I only notice it when it's pointed out to me because check it out. It's especially noticeable in Robins. Oh. It's, like, it, real bulgy. It looks like he's hanging dong. Yeah, Batman's isn't that bad, but Robin's is really bad. Uh, it just looks like a red dick. <laughs> well, I mean, he kind of is a red dick. Get it? His name is Dick. He's red. Okay, so I love this part because he goes, all right, well, Batmobile's destroyed, but also he's on a weird layer island. Should we take the new bat plane, which hangs upside down like a bat, which I thought was kind of cool too, but it's also old dumb. CGI. It's old dumb. It's cool, but it's dumb. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's on brand at this point. Yeah. They're, they're already kind of moving the line a little bit. Or boat. And that's why he's like, let's do both. And I'm like, why did any of this shit get blown up? I thought he blew everything up. He forgot the giant the, plane the and the giant boat. Exp- <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. So there's a bat plane, bat boat. They both take one. And then, um, meanwhile, Gordon and the cops have the bat signal. They're like, he's not coming. He's not coming. And then here comes the plane dropping out. And they're like, yeah. They're like, yeah. And then he turns around and he starts shaking his cops' hands like they did a goddamn thing. You Do your jobs, man. Go be cops. The cops don't do anything anymore. They've completely relied on Batman. Well, yeah, we called Batman. We're good. Let's, uh, let's go. Like, it'd be one thing if they were just cheering. They start shaking each other's hands like, job well done. Let's go to bed now. Batman's got this. All we had to do is turn on the light. So they get to... Again, this is where it gets really silly. I mean, everything the villains do in this movie is silly, but this is it gets especially silly like the climax point. for all of these movies are pretty fucking silly, though. Yeah. Riddler and Two-Face sit down at a table, and they're playing Battleship, but it's real because each piece shoots off mines. <laughs> yeah. On, and they like, blow up Robin. And they blow up Robin's boat real quick. Robin goes... There's a weird chain of events here because Robin falls underwater... He's got his, like, uh, in Batman lore, it's called a rebreather. So, I think they call it in Star Wars, too. Is that what they call it in Star yeah. Wars? Am I mixing those up? You might be. No, in Batman. Unless it's called that in Batman as well. I'm pretty sure. Okay, we're, we're on the Batwiki. Because in episode one, they're like, here, use this rebreather. I don't think they when call they it that. go to Utaganga. It's called a rebreather. See? Uses it in all it the It even looks like the Star Wars one. He uses it in, um, in uh, Suicide Squad. Anyway. But, so, all the goons happen to be there in scuba suits. Yeah. How did they know to be right there at that exact time? You know what I mean? And so they're all wrestling underwater, which is not an efficient way of capturing somebody. No. So Batman shows up. He gets shot out of his plane, too, I think. Bat boat, bat plane, they both blow up immediately. Yeah. He swims over. He, he gets a grappling hook. He saves Robin. And then he throws a net on all the other guys who are just kind of floating there. It was just a very strange series of events. Yeah. But they climb onto the island. The, from here on in, is complete nonsense, right? And it's going to sound like nonsense if you didn't watch this movie. Holy rusted metal, Batman. Yeah. 
He says, right, they're leaning more and more into this Adam West stuff because that's such a, like, yeah. Burt Ward uh, line. But then they have to, like, explain it. Yeah. And then Batman's like, what? He's like, why the fuck did you say that? And he goes, no, the metal, it's rusted and there's holes in it. No, like, yeah, it's... It's, <laughs> it's holy. It's holy, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. It was um, clearly just put in there as a reference. Right. The island just starts lifting up and it goes, like, 300 feet in the air. Yeah. And for whatever reason, Batman climbs in. Robin doesn't make it. Two-Face shows up. They start fighting with each other. And Robin beats the shit out of him. Almost right. kills him. Almost kills him, but then decides, hey. I'm going to show mercy. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I don't want revenge. Batman's right. And, and saves then Two-Face him is like, idiot. Now I'm going to capture you. Yeah, he gets captured. Batman climbs up a series of different booby traps and spikes and yeah. nonsense. Makes it all the way to the top and falls into the Riddler's. It's like a game show that he's created, which yeah. is very, 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 very Joker. This is not a Riddler thing to do at all. This is a very Joker thing to do. Especially the way he's like playing it up. Right. And so he's like on one side, you've got Robin. On the other side, you've got, you've got Chase, your girlfriend. I'm going to kill them both. I'm going to drop them down this very long yeah. chasm that we... They do touch on the duality of Batman here, though, because he's like, I've got Bruce Wayne's girlfriend here, Chase, blah, 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 blah. Sure, yeah. And Batman's, like, assistant. Right. He says junior partner. Uh, junior partner. <laughs> uh, it's like a lawyer firm. Anyway. Yeah. So he's basically like, hey, I'm going to drop them both. You have to pick who you're going to save. Yeah. And, and Batman's like, you're just going to kill all of us anyway. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is not a good situation to be in. But I've got a riddle for you. It's not a good riddle. It's a terrible so, riddle. It's a really bad riddle, Batman. I think Batman isn't a creative person. I think he's very, like, analytical and he's yeah. smart. But maybe he's not, he can't think outside. I don't know. Yeah. So he says, I see without seeing. To me, darkness is as clear as daylight. What am I? Right. On the other hand, I don't think it was supposed to be a difficult riddle. No. Because and then he just goes, Riddler like, just immediately says, You're blind as a bat. Exactly. And then Batman goes, Exactly. And he flips the sonar, because it's supposed to be the sonar suit. Yeah. And these little things come up in front of his eyeballs, like in the Dark Knight. Yeah. And it gives him, like, the white eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. What, and yeah, he yeah. gets a batarang that I guess he's controlling with sonar. But not really. He just what throws, does the suit do? He just throws a batarang. He just throws a batarang. So what was the point do of the, the sonar turn suit? Off? No. Oh, then I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> he just throws a battering because there's a lot of lights. There's just lights going and everywhere. He throws it at his box. Which is right there. It's yeah. very vulnerable. And, and then he defeats the uh, yeah. Riddler. And Riddler's just like, no, like, why did you make it so vulnerable? <laughs> and he gets mad and drops both of them and Batman saves them both. But also, did you notice that the floor disappeared? Yeah. Where did that go? How did they build this so quickly also? It's like a huge layer. I don't know what the time frame of this movie is either because he created an entire- five years? He created an entire company. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, again, the third act is complete nonsense. But I, as a kid, I really like this finale because <laughs> he drops all of them, right? He jumps down. They're all falling. Yeah. He saves Chase first, grabs yes. her grappling hook to a nearby thing, keeps going, and then does the same thing to him. They swing together. They catch each other. And I guess he takes them back up to where Chase is, and they're both kind of like, hey, look at us. We did it. We're alive. But then Two-Face shows up. How? That means he, like, the stairs? Did he take the, because they all fell. Yeah. And he's like, let me flip a coin to see if I'm going to kill you or not. And then Batman <laughs> throws a bunch of coins, and then Two-Face falls. Yeah. But also, that's it. Why don't you flip the coin before you decide to go down all the stairs? Yeah. <laughs> like, you made a big old trip. Also, how did throwing all the coins cause him to, like, fall? Because he needs, he's obsessed with the coin. So, so he's like, he, I need He that. needed to catch his own coin, and now there's so many coins that he's like, where are my coins? And he falls over. Pretty well, much kills him. He died in the stupidest way. <laughs> yeah. 
But also, you're trying to teach Robin a lesson like you don't kill Two-Face, don't kill Two-Face. Hey, buddy, watch me kill Two-Face real quick. I don't think he was trying to kill him, though. He was like balancing on a beam. What do you think is going to happen I if I throw a bunch of shit at you while you're balancing on a beam? <laughs> you're going to fall. <laughs> so he falls. Maybe he... Batman was thinking like, well, oh, now you don't know what to do. Also, did he like go and make these coins? Yeah, he, he's always prepared. You know Batman. Yeah, but they never show him getting prepared. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Robin gets some closure because he sees Two-Face is dead. They go back all the way up and they find the Riddler. His brain has gotten... All of the information too quick, and now he's, like, completely warped. Yeah, he's, his he's mind. even more uh, wacko as the word. Right. Kind of crazy. His head looks kind of weird now. It's all elongated and weird, yeah. It's, it's, it's okay, makeup. Yeah. Finally, we see Arkham Asylum. I'm convinced because it looks like a Tim Burton prop. That the Arkham, Arkham Asylum, Asylum was originally going to. I think that was the design for the last movie, and they didn't put it in that movie, and they just carried it over. Because it doesn't fit with the rest of this movie. It looks very Tim Burton when Mm -hmm. you see it. Everything's kind of crooked. There's a bunch of trees and lightning. It's it's also where they put all the wackos. No, no, no. I understand that it should look dark and stuff, but like that's not the same one we see in the next movie either. No. So that's why I think this was really a carryover. Yeah. Saved some money. Yeah. Well, not only that, the doctor's name is Dr. Burton. It's a reference to Tim Burton. Oh, okay. I also saw that Tim Burton was apparently a producer on this movie. Yeah, but mostly in name. <laughs> he <laughs> probably didn't, didn't have exactly. much involvement. No, 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 he really didn't. Chase is there to kind of investigate whether or not Riddler remembers. Yeah, because he claims that he knows who Batman is. Exactly. So she goes and checks in on his cell, and she's like, can you please tell me who Batman is? And then he goes, I'm Batman. Ah! He's like, okay, cool. Goes outside, sees Bruce, and is like, hey, he's you're... A, he's a wacko. You're good. He, yeah, you're good. No one's going to believe him, even if he does remember. So, And then Bruce um, is like, yes. And then she's like, I'm going to imply that we're going to get together, but then I'm also not going to be in the next movie. <laughs> So, have fun telling your next girlfriend that you're also Batman. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then uh, roll credits. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so moving on to our analysis portion. Thing is, though, we kind of talked a lot. We kind of analyzed a lot during the plot. We did, so which I feel like we tend to do that quite a bit. It's hard not more to. Time, more this time. Usually, we kind of focus on the plot. This time, I mean, we right off the bat, if you skip the plot, we talked in depth about our feelings about Gotham City, Batsuits, Batmobiles, Val Kilmer, the villains in this, we went through all of that during the plot section, which we usually wouldn't do. So, sorry. But, just go back, I guess. There's new music. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Because you, you like the uh, I like Danny the old, Elfman I like one. the Danny Elfman. I like it. I still like it better. The theme in this one is... Uh, I already forgot. <laughs> it's so forgettable. It, it wasn't even as like noticeable. Like I barely noticed that it was even there. It's in the menu. <laughs> On the DVD. But I think the theme is much worse overall. Like the Danny Elfman theme is better, but I don't hate the score at all because the theme is boring, but there's a lot of good just kind of like action-y music going on and it's all jazzy. I don't know if you noticed that. No, like what's happening in this movie, it does enhance the scenes that it's a part of, that's for sure. Yeah. But I can't remember any, I can't hum any of it to you right now. It's not in my head at all. I can't either, why not? Unlike the Danny Elfman theme, which we... We know, and it's become a classic. Yeah. Literally have to look up the theme. Because I remember it, but I forget it. That's why. There it is. It sounds like the... 
It sounds like music that would be used in like the title screen of a video game. It's a, so the theme is a little generic. Yeah. But like watching the movie and listening to the music, once the theme kind of goes away, the music gets better, which <laughs> seems counterintuitive. Well, it's kind of like I was saying, like the music's good for the movie. Yeah. I wouldn't say, like, I wouldn't go and download this score anytime soon. I might give it a shot. But like I said, it's just, it's very <laughs> jazzy, and I think that's what I like about it, that it's different. It's not just kind of this orchestrated score. It's it's very brassy and saxophony. They and... tried something new with it. Yeah, 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 I like that a lot. So there's that. So we talked about the bat suits. We talked about the nipples. If that's something you're interested in, go back to that part if you skip the plot. There's a lot of Dutch angles in this. I don't know if you noticed that. You I, noticed how, I didn't, how... actually. Really? This and we watch Batman Returns too, or we watch Batman and Robins also. Dutch angles everywhere, so like every every now and then, just the camera's tilted for. Is that just a no Schumacher thing? I guess, like because it don't... wasn't like indicating anything like no, no wrong it was just going happen- on. Yeah, or anything. it was happening at random times. Uh, the flashback scenes would have them. The action set pieces would have them. It was just kind of all 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 over the place. He just liked the way it looked, I guess. Yeah, thought that was kind of weird. Like I was saying earlier, I really like all of the Batman stuff in this. I really like all the Bruce Wayne stuff in this. I think that's a major improvement from the last two. Okay. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, still not great, but I don't think any of these movies really have the love interest down packed. Yeah, so love interest, there's a different one in every movie. <laughs> there's a different one in every movie, and also there never seems to be that much chemistry between any of them, actually. And I guess Chase was the closest that we got. So I like her character. Like we were saying, it seems like they had to kind of sexy her up a bit and also kind of towards the end make her this, uh, like the damsel in distress. But the stuff in between, I think she's a strong character. I think she's a strong personality. I think she's like the strong woman. And she's trying to figure her shit out. But also she's trying to help Batman. And Bruce sees this and he's like, or help Bruce. And Bruce sees this and he's like, well... I'm going through something right now. How can I get her to help me? Yeah. You know, like I said, he's getting free therapy this whole movie. And he even says something along the lines of like, he's talking to Alfred and he goes, Alfred, I've never been in love before. And he's talking about Chase. I guess he's like in love with her. So I guess Vicky Vale and Catwoman are just. Yeah, I guess they don't matter. <laughs> they don't matter. They're in the last movie. Continuity be fucked. Like. <laughs> Better in this movie. Probably the best out of all four of these movies. What the female? Yeah. The love interest, the yeah, love interest. No, uh, absolutely. But still not because Catwoman was great. F- Catwoman was fine, but she's also more of, of a villain than a love interest. Also, she's like yeah, she's, she's kind of she's like a love interest and like a foil exactly. to Batman. So I I really like all of the psychology stuff in this. Again, kind of my favorite part about Batman is that he's out there fighting psycho villains when he himself is like not all there. Like he's not the straight man. To go against all of these wacky villains. He also has something wrong with it. No, he probably belongs in Arkham Asylum himself. Sure. This movie does a lot of Alfred, like we were saying. Alfred is kind of playing off of him, saying, like, you could be any of your villains. You could be the same as them, but you never made it there because you strayed the line and you stayed in, like, the righteous path. Right. But if you had just gone a little bit further, you've kind of gone down a dark path and become one of the very villains that you're putting away. I'm sure a lot of that is thanks to Alfred as well. Well, that's what we were saying, that Alfred is more kind of like enabling Batman because I think he feels this is the best way for Bruce to go is to be Batman and to get like his angst out, you know, and get all his (laughs) purge, all his emotions and his rage and his vengeance so that it doesn't consume him. Right. In like a productive way. So I, I like all that stuff a lot. I think because of that, this is my favorite Batman movie of the series. Okay. 
I don't know how. Where do you rank these? Like, I mean, maybe next week we'll talk more. We about should probably how we rank, rank them, them after we watch sure. the last, or well, after we talk about the last. Yeah, one. yeah, because it's it's unfair that we already watched the next one. <laughs> yeah, before we talk about it, <laughs> it has the stupidest moment in all of these movies, and we'll talk the about that next scene? week. No, that's in this that, one. Oh yeah, yeah. The, what's the stupidest moment in the next one? The Batman credit card. No, the laundry scene is way worse. The Batman than that. credit card's pretty bad. You know how when you cringe sometimes you physically feel it? Like you physically cringe? That's how I felt during the... When Robin was doing his laundry? Yeah. And the, the Batman credit card in the next movie, that's a, that's a gag. It's nowhere near as bad. It's pretty fucking stupid, though. Sure. But it gets me on this... It gets me on this point that, like, people like to just say, like, oh, this movie's good, this movie's bad, whatever. But... A movie is a lot more than just, like, the sum of its parts. Right. No, even a bad movie can have some good exactly. things in it. Yeah, it's overall an aggregate of some good things and some bad things. But And some movies are very homogeneous, where, like, they're bad all the way through, or they're good all the way through, and they're very easy to talk about in that sense. But a lot of movies lie somewhere in the middle, where they might have good things, and they may have bad things. Right. And your overall feeling is this kind of just combination of all of that together. But to say this movie is bad, I think, is an oversimplification is my point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you say this movie is bad, then you're focusing on the bad stuff while ignoring the good stuff. Like, the Riddler, the Joker, or I almost said the Joker, because... <laughs> He's get, basically the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> Two-Face and the Riddler, they're kind of the bad parts of this film. Which sucks, because they're a major part of this exactly. film. Exactly. Obviously, the villains are a major part of the film. So, you can't always separate those things. But the, I think in this particular film, the good stuff outweighs the bad stuff. I love Batman in this movie. I love Bruce Wayne in this movie. I love Alfred. I like Robin a lot. I like Chase. I like everything that they're doing on their side. Everything that the... I almost said the Joker again. Everything that the Riddler <laughs> and Two-Face are doing, that sucks. Right. I don't know how you feel about that. With me and this movie, I like a lot of the ideas that were put into this movie. I don't like the execution necessarily. Like, I love how we have Batman meeting up with Dick Grayson, kind of taking him under his wing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his wing. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Batwing. I like that they're trying to delve a little bit more into Batman's mind. Yeah. I like that they tried to do that stuff. I don't necessarily like how it translated onto screen in this movie because it felt like a little wishy-washy on some of it. At least as far as, like, the going into Batman's psyche. Like, it's like they took a step toward that direction and just they didn't run with it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think if this film had been a little bit longer or less concerned with some of the stupid stuff in it. Well, they could have cut out a lot of, like, what the villains were up to. That's what I'm saying. Again, that's the part. Those are the parts of the film that I'm, like, not that interested in. Then we could have gotten a little more of what Bruce is going through in this film. This could have been a very Batman-centric movie. Well, at the very least, I feel like it's the most. It, it's Batman. the most. Out of all these movies, it's the most Batman centric. Which is a little disappointing because exactly. they, they could have <laughs> done a lot more with that. And it would have been really interesting to see. Yeah. As far as uh, Batman and Robin, not the movie Batman and Robin, but like Batman and Robin together on screen exactly. here, <laughs> I did like. I like how Robin was handled. They didn't make him, I mean, besides the laundry scene, he wasn't too cringy in this movie. You like Chris O'Donnell in this? I do. Overall, yeah. I do. O- overall, for sure. There, there are some parts where he gets a little whiny. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of parts where he gets whiny. <laughs> but but overall, I do like it. He seems to fit the character pretty well. Yeah, I always like as a kid, he was my favorite character. I, for some reason, always wanted to be Robin instead of Batman as a kid. But I think that's the point of Robin. It was to kind of lure the kids in, you know? Yeah, he was like a younger 
Exactly. He's he's for the kids. Yeah. And they did a good job with him. His suit looks good. His suit does look good. Yeah. You know, it, it, it could have been it, a disaster. Sure. His suit looks good within the boundaries of we're making these muscly rubber nipple suits. You know what I mean? With with <laughs> yeah. like real butts. We didn't talk about the butts too much, but there's a lot of butt in the next one, especially. There's a lot of butt in the next one. Yeah. Ooh. When we get to the villains, they're just both the Joker. You know what I mean? And we, we yeah. I was alluding to that a lot because I really want to talk about it. They're just both the Joker. And there's not... Not even like a good Joker either. Exactly. So if we start with Jim Carrey, he's just being Jim Carrey. Right. And like early Jim Carrey. So he's just kind of like comedic actor throws out a joke a minute, a reference a minute, and it's Jim Carrey playing Ace Ventura, playing the Riddler. And I feel like Jim Carrey is such a talented actor, and he's such a talented, serious actor when he wants to get serious. Yeah. That I feel like... Well, as we saw, we saw that in Kick-Ass 2. Exactly. He played that role fantastically. Sure. And there's so many other roles that he's done incredibly, and so if it, like dramatic roles. If he had just applied any different direction to this character, I think it would have worked better. Yeah. Because I was on the fence of whether or not I like this Jim Carrey version of the Riddler and if it fits that character. And I'm like, I don't think it does. Um, I'm wondering how much of that was Carrey or Schumacher. No, no, would they have hired Jim Carrey? It's the studio. To, he, he was yeah. the biggest name in this movie. And they said, we need Jim Carrey to be Jim Carrey. So, so we need to have a crazy out there villain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, they don't want any creativity. Yeah, they want him toys. to just be, for sure. They just want him to be Jim Carrey. Be Ace Ventura. But like you said, the Riddler is not usually like this funny character. And riddles aren't funny. They're interesting. Yeah. So it's not like the Joker who's making jokes and everything's funny to him. And he's like this you know, maniac. The Riddler is arguably not a maniac so much as he's just very, very OCD. Yeah. Right. Like he can be quirky and stuff. But this iteration of the Riddler, it's almost like he's just trying to be like a comedian. Exactly. And Which, I mean, that's yeah, a product you got of Jim Carrey. Carrey yeah. so, but it, it all comes full circle. Exactly. And then Two-Face, we talked about his origin <laughs> and how the, it was just kind of glossed over. They Yeah, it was like it in a news last, report. Right. They messed it up with the last two films. But none of this makes sense to me because Tommy Lee Jones is not a comedic actor. At all. Not even close. Which is it why might, it, it was so weird yeah. seeing him act this way. He might be the least comedic actor I can think of. Like, I can't think of a more less funny man, you yeah. know, than Tommy Lee Jones. The, the man doesn't have a funny bone in his body. Like, I don't know. I, I couldn't even imagine telling him a joke that would work on him. Like, <laughs> ever. So you got a serious actor. You got a serious role, like a serious character in Harvey Dent. Yeah. But then you tell him to, like, make it funny. I think he could have been no. a really good Two-Face. Yeah. Again, both these actors are incredible. Yeah. Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones are both they're just, incredible They're not actors. being utilized in the way they should be. Not at all. The direction so, they were given was just... Why cast him? Why direct him like this? Why do it? And in interviews, he says, mostly says, that his son was just very enthusiastic about Batman, and so he couldn't pass it up so or whatever. he was like, all right, I'll do it. But, I mean, a lot of other people will say he did for the publicity. Like, this is a very, very big movie. Yeah. And just to kind of get his name act out there, you know, in a big way. When this a- was before Men in Black, right? Yes. Okay. It's also after a couple of movies he had done that just didn't do very well at all. Okay. You know, people will go out in droves to see a Batman movie. It doesn't matter how good it is. But to see some of his more, like, serious dramas based on novels of authors that he knows personally, like, not so much. No. You know? And he could be fantastic in those movies, but I guarantee you a lot of people just didn't watch them. Sure. No, exactly. And like I said earlier, I think 
the role was written a lot better than it was executed. Because if you would just like read the screenplay, his lines don't seem that bad. He doesn't come across as a horrible character. No, it's, so imagine the way he portrays it, the way he the, reads the lines. It's the direction he was given. Yeah. Um, I guarantee you Tommy Lee Jones did not want to act funny. Absolutely. <laughs> but it feels like Tommy Lee Jones is playing the Joker playing Two-Face. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Part of me feels like, does nobody know anyone else except for the Joker? Like, I understand that the Joker is the single most popular villain of all time, period. Not just comic book movies, not just Batman. No, no like, all time. It's like Joker and Darth Vader. Those are the most villainous villains anyone could ever And think everybody of. knows who they are. Exactly. The problem is that, like, I feel people that aren't super familiar with Batman aren't familiar with anything but the Joker. And they just kind of assume all his villains are kind of like that. Like when wackos? Exactly. Which they are, but not well, to this extent. Not not silly really wackos. Like, I mean, Harley Quinn, sure. But right. the other ones all have their own methods and their own personalities. And yeah, look at I, Killer Croc. Sure, exactly. And so I just feel like, especially at this time, and maybe it's because the Joker was the villain in the first movie, that they said, oh, we're just going to have all Jokers from here on in. I mean, Penguin didn't feel like a Joker, but it wasn't. It also wasn't Penguin. No. <laughs> that being said, I still love the way Danny DeVito played him. Sure. And then you've got these, a good two villain. Char- you got these two characters that are very Jokerified. Yeah. And if we fast forward to next week, Mr. Freeze is also kind of Jokerified. In yeah, his movie and he's too. another very serious villain. So, normally, uh, sort of. We'll get to that. Sort of. So I think everything villain related in this movie just falls flat. Don't get me wrong. I have fun watching Jim Carrey's Joker. Fucking a. Jim Carrey's Riddler because <laughs> it's Jim Carrey and I like Jim Carrey and I and I laughed at his jokes in this movie. Don't get me wrong. Like most of them go over your head when you're a kid. Yeah. So when he's making all these reference, he says joygasm at one point and I this is the first time I ever understood that because I haven't seen his movie since I was like 10 and I didn't know what joygasm is a portmanteau of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the last thing before we move on is Val Kilmer. We kind of didn't talk about how he is as Batman. You said you didn't you didn't like him very much, right? I think out of the three Batman in this series of films, he's probably my least favorite. Okay. He doesn't strike me as a believable Batman or Bruce Wayne. Just something always seems like off when I'm watching him on screen. His acting's fine. I think it's just maybe he doesn't like fit the suit quite well enough. And then when he's Bruce Wayne, I'm like, he doesn't look like what I imagine Bruce Wayne to look like ever. Okay. That's fair. I kind of disagree with you on every single thing you've said. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> I think he looks better in the suit, the first suit. He looks good in the first suit. He looks horrible in the second suit. We talked about this earlier. I think he looks better in the suit than Michael Keaton did by a lot. I'm not saying he's a better actor than Michael Keaton, but I'm saying he had more to do in this movie than Michael Keaton did. And that's why I think I like him better in this movie than Keaton. I like him as Bruce Wayne. Some of his acting as Batman, I think he was going for flat and serious because that's how Batman would be. And it comes off as wooden, flat, serious. Robotic. Yeah, exactly. So I think some of that could have been better. So between him and Keaton... I'm leaning towards Val Kilmer, and I'm sure everyone's going to disagree with me, but I feel like watch these movies now. Like, watch them one after the other after the other. Don't rely on your nostalgia and the things that you remember fondly, because I think people remember certain things fondly and forget the bad things, or remember the bad things and forget the good things, like I was saying. It's easy to remember, oh, Tommy Lee Jones was terrible in this, the villains are really bad, and therefore the movie is bad, and they forget that there's a lot of good Batman stuff in this. 
And it's easy to remember the first two Batman movies as the two quote-unquote better ones. Like the definitive ones of the time. Exactly. So they're like, oh, therefore, everything involving them is better. We talked about this when we talked about Jack Nicholson's Joker. People remember that so fondly when we watched it. I don't know about you, but I was just like, eh, it's okay. It's not really special. And so yeah. I think what people are remembering is their own nostalgia. I think there's, it's clouding their judgment after a long time. You okay. know? Yeah, and we'll get a lot more into this next week as well. We'll just rank them all next week when we yeah. get to Clooney. But I feel like Kilmer, he tried. Oh, he, he definitely tried. Something. tried. I'm not saying he's bad. Yeah. I just don't buy him as Bruce Wayne Batman. I buy him a lot better than Keaton. I'm going to say that. Hmm. Again, he looks like he could arguably be Batman, like he's he's in better shape than Michael Keaton well, is. I'll give, pops, you that. I'll give you that. He pops off the shirt. He's looking good. I would believe that he's in really good shape. He even kind of, he looks more like a rich person than Michael Keaton does for me. Michael Keaton kind of doesn't fit that role for me as like an actor. Okay. You know, I bought Michael Keaton as the vulture because he's like this blue collar worker. Michael who, Keaton's a very like I mean? grizzled looking guy. Exactly. Yeah. And so that worked perfectly. But for Batman, I'm like, does he strike me as like the was raised a billionaire kid, you know, but is secretly Batman on the side? Not at all on any of those counts. Okay. You know what I mean? Next week, we could also be like, not just rank each one by Batman, but we can rank, you know, who was the better Bruce Wayne, who was the better Batman, because they are kind of different characters. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've heard people say that there are three personas. There's Batman... Bruce Wayne, the socialite, like Bruce Wayne, the person who goes out and and pretends to be like just a dumb billionaire. And then then the real Bruce Wayne. The Bruce Wayne chilling at home, miserable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's three different personas here. So like Ben Affleck nails that one. Look, I'm, I, I've said it a million times. Ben Affleck's the best no, one. No, I, I, I agree. In almost all categories. I think he's the best Bruce Wayne <laughs> and the best Batman. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Every single category, he nails it. And I know Christian Bale's an amazing actor, but there's things that he just couldn't do. There's things that Batman, Christian Bale did that I didn't like in those movies, but like this isn't it, the place exactly. to talk about it. <laughs> so, well, it is because there's no other right. time we can talk well, about it. Well, I don't like the growling yeah. voice that he kind of coined. Sure. Where's real? <laughs> Where are the other drugs going? It's so easy to make fun of. It is. You can make yourself sound intimidating without growling at someone as you speak. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if that was a Chris Nolan thing or a... I think it was probably both. Okay. Well, that's why the best one is Ben Affleck because, in that sense, because he's got the voice modulator. Yeah. And so it just sounds like it's going through. He sounds kind of robotic, mechanical, but also kind of like intimidating. And yeah, because he sounds like a like a serial killer on the other line of a phone, disguising his voice. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so you think you're uh, ready to move on? Yeah. Uh, so far, I like Keaton better than Val Kilmer. You said Keaton. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So moving on, we're getting to Keeper Cancel, and it's a segment where we talk about all the actors in this movie. Or people involved in this movie, and we decide if we're going to keep them or we're going to cancel them. We already did Jim Carrey when yeah. we did Kick-Ass 2. So I don't really want to go into it too much because basically I canceled him, and I think you... I think I did too. I think we both canceled him because uh, he's kind of an anti-vaxxer. He's kind of a hippy-dippy weirdo. But he, on the other hand, he's also... We both said he's very talented. I said he might be one of the most underrated actors out there because he's never really won a big award or anything. Right. And I think he's one role away from doing that. But otherwise, yeah. <laughs> But so for our thoughts on that, just go back to Kick-Ass 2. If we want to go to Val Kilmer or Tommy Lee Jones. We could talk Tommy Lee Jones because I feel like he's actually got some behind-the-scenes stuff with Jim Carrey in this movie, right? Yeah. He- so Tommy Lee Jones, born a real worker's son in Texas. Right. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> 
studied real hard, got a scholarship, like a need-based scholarship to Harvard. So he's actually like this big-time scholar, graduated pretty high up there in Harvard, was on the football team and everything, then just started Broadway and then acting gigs for, until like right now. Now he's like in his 70s or whatever. Oh, does he still act? Yeah. Okay. He was in... The last thing I remember was Captain America, but... And he was good in Captain America. Oh, I loved him in Captain... He was amazing in Captain America. He was probably the best actor for that role. Asshole general? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's in two movies that were... Either came out this year or were supposed to because of uh, COVID. COVID. Oh, he was in Ad Astra last year. I was this close to seeing Ad Astra and I didn't. <laughs> Captain America, obviously Men in Black. Men in Black might be one of his more famous roles, actually. Well, probably one of his most famous roles is in The Fugitive. He's like the bad guy in uh, that. I guess it depends on when you were born. Sure. Uh, but he won an Academy Award for that in The Fugitive. Okay. And then there was a spinoff called U.S. Marshals. I've seen both of those movies, but I do not remember either of them. <laughs> so I should probably watch. I know one is good, one is bad. <laughs> I think The Fugitive is good. I think The yeah. Fugitive is good. U.S. Marshals is bad. So I think Men in Black might be my favorite role. Men in Black's one of my favorite movies, He's, by the way. He was actually pretty perfect for that role in Men in Black. I love that movie so much. It's based on a comic book. Yes. So and they're Were arguably gonna... so they're arguably superheroes. The thing is, is that it's not canceled yet. Because uh... they just made Men in Black International and it's in canon. So it's not failed, like it's still going. Okay. Not strong, but it's not chucking in there. It's... That movie didn't do super well, but... Head above water. Yeah. But Men in Black is one of those, like, perfect, just kind of fun movies to watch. It's one of, like, the few movies I think I could watch over and over again. And there's a few connections to Men in Black in this movie, because apparently, I believe it was Chris O'Donnell was supposed to play Agent J originally, and he didn't want to... Really? He didn't want to do it. No way. Yeah. I thought they were always going for, like, Will Smith. They went with Will Smith afterwards, uh, based on what I read, at least. And obviously we had Tommy Lee Jones playing Agent K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious if he would have gotten that role if he didn't do this movie. Because that, uh, that's another thing that doesn't seem like his usual fare. Like, if you look at all the films he's in, it's mostly serious, well, like, sure. shit. Men, Men in Black is is a lighthearted movie, but he is kind of the straight man in that film. True. He bounces off Will Smith super, super well because Will Smith is young and hip and funny and yeah, I cool. Feel, I feel like he, he didn't like Will Smith either, just like he and, didn't like Jim Carrey. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> Jim Carrey, obviously being Jim Carrey, and at this time, this is peak Jim Carrey. Right. This is, it's 1995. And so when, yeah, what you're referring to is when the day before they started filming, they haven't even met yet. Jim Carrey goes to a restaurant. And it's, it's funny because he's told the story all over the internet, like a bunch of interviews. But he goes to this restaurant and the maitre d's like, hey, you're in this movie with Tommy Lee Jones, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, Tommy Lee Jones is right over there. He's got a table if you want to go see him. And so Jim Carrey goes to say hi and, like, introduce himself. Obviously, they know who they are, but they've never he's met. Like, hey, I'm Jim Carrey. We're going to be working together. How's it going? Sure. Tommy Lee Jones stands up and, and gets close to him and just says, I hate you. I really, really don't like you. And Jim Carrey's like, what? Like, what? Like, what? Is, is this okay? Like, whatever. And he just goes... I cannot sanction your buffoonery. <laughs> he says to Jim Carrey. That's such Carey, a fucking Tommy Lee Jones thing to say. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones would consider Jim Carrey, like peak 90s Jim Carrey, a buffoon. And like the kinds of movies that he's making because he's a very, very serious filmmaker, right? An actor. And then he plays this fucking role. Right. 
<laughs> and so I just imagine that he fucking hated his life every single day on the set of this. He was probably being 100% honest when he's like, I only did this for my kid. Pretty Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Apparently, Joel Schumacher at one point also called him a bully on set. Like, he was kind of insufferable. I can see that. Yeah. And uh, Jim Carrey admitted, like, some actors may not like that he requires a lot of takes. Because Jim Carrey is very, he's just very dedicated. And he wants to, most of his stuff is improv. Yeah. So he wants to improv everything until it feels right. And then he's going to keep the stuff he likes and get rid of the stuff that he doesn't like. It's a very kind of iterative process for him. And obviously, he shared a lot of scenes with Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, almost every single one. (laughs) As I'm watching this movie, I, I knew about this, so I'm just looking at how they're acting together, and first of all, they're very close. Are you wondering how many takes that <laughs> Oh my god, and how miserable Tommy Lee like, Jones is. He's like touching him. And There's stuff. a lot of touching. And so I'm like, I wonder how miserable he was during the filming of this. Oh man. But apparently he's kind of a dick, yeah. And the thing is, is like, I don't think that makes him a bad person, necessarily. He's just rough around the edges. Yeah. You know? People have said that about me sometimes. So I can kind of get it. But at the same time, I could never imagine disliking someone. Like, I, there are people I dislike. I wouldn't just, on the very first moment of meeting them, or at least being close, I'm just going to be like, listen, I hate you. Like, go away. I would at least play it cool. <laughs> like, like be civil? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you don't know. Maybe maybe you get to know each other a little bit. If you give him a chance, you will like him, Tommy. Yeah. So, Tommy Lee Jones, I don't know. Well, keep or cancel. What do you, what do you say? I mean, I don't want to cancel someone just because he's, like, kind of a dick, you know? Sure. Like, he's not certifiably no. a dick. Like, think. has he done anything, like, horrible to anyone? I don't think Does so. Does he, he beat be, women? Nah, he seems to be a pretty cool dude, no, I think. I mean, I could never be friends with this guy. No, you know what I but mean. But that doesn't like, mean like his career should end, you know. Sure, <laughs> obviously, but like <laughs> this isn't that serious. Uh, we're not actually. Canceling oh, have him. you seen No Country for Old Men? Yes, it was very, very good. It's the Coen Brothers. So the main villain, played by Javier Bardem, has a coin that he flips, and that's how he decides yeah. if he's going to kill whoever he runs into or or is not. Very... They they just straight up stole that from Two Face. Yeah. And the actor who's only played Two-Face at this time is in this movie, and he (laughs) fucking hates it. (laughs) So I'm wondering, like, how many times in this very serious production, this very serious movie, did that come up? Like, hey, it's like Two-Face. Like that character you play. Like every sound person, like every... Like the the crew? (laughs) Yeah. Like, is there a rule that was like, hey, we know... Like, that there's don't a, talk about yeah. Batman. Do not bring up Two Face. Do not look at Mr. Jones in the face. <laughs> it probably was actually. <laughs> I would imagine, honestly. <laughs> but like all that being said, like there's nothing wrong with being a little rough around the edges. Like I'll keep Tommy. Oh sure, I just think be nicer I'm... to people, dude. Like I said, I wouldn't be friends with someone like this. No, I, I, I would never be friends with Tommy Lee Jones. But my... I respect him. Sure, I feel like all my friends are are like funny people. I don't like hanging out with overly serious people I can't take a joke yeah. you know so like I wouldn't personally hang out with Tommy Lee Jones but sure I'm, I think I'm keeping him yeah I'm, I'm on the same boat I think he's, that's where I draw he's a line. good actor oh he's phenomenal we'll, yeah. we'll leave it at that exactly Val Kilmer I don't really I got not much to say did you know that he had throat cancer I did not yeah so he had to stop acting like five or six years ago because he developed throat cancer and it was, uh, but basically he had like his a chunk of his throat removed and he can't Ooh. talk anymore at all. No, no, he's he, he's very 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 hoarse. Damn, basically, that sucks. Yeah, he can't really do much acting. The only acting he's done since is that he was in the movie Jane Silent Bob reboot. Oh, he was in it, which is a sequel to Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, Bob Comer's in it because he plays 
this is a little, <laughs> it's a little convoluted. Uh, if you don't know about Jay and Silent Bob and the View of Skewerverse with it's all the Kevin Smith movies, there's these characters, Jay and Silent Bob. They're very famous, actually. You shouldn't know about them. But in one of their movies, they get written into comic book characters where they're superheroes. Um, uh, Bluntman and Chronic. Bluntman and Chronic, yeah. In the next movie, there's a movie made about the comic, and Jay and Silent Bob want to stop that movie from happening. That's uh, Strike Back, right? Jamie Sly Bob Strike Back. Mark Hamill's in that. Carrie Fisher's in that. Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck is yeah. in it. Um, He's like friends with Kevin Smith, right? He was at the time. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had a falling out because of uh, apparently Jennifer... Garner? Jennifer Garner. Electra. Gen- yeah, exactly. <laughs> she didn't like Kevin Smith. And so they kind of like had a falling out uh, over Jennifer. <laughs> he had to listen to the misses. Yeah. But then they broke up in other buds again, apparently. <laughs> That's kind of funny. That's, it is funny. It's sad too, though. Sure. Uh, back to Val Coomer. Jane Silent Bob reboot is in this universe. They're making a reboot of that movie that they made 15 years prior based on the comic book, based on the real life in-universe Jane Silent Bob. It's very meta. Yeah, it's very meta. So they want to stop that movie from being made. In that movie, which is, again, the reboot to Bluntman and Chronic, it's a, it's a playoff of Batman versus Superman Donna Justice. So of it's a very it is. Yeah, it's a parody of that. So it's a very dark and gritty version of Bluntman and Chronic, which they're like two stoner superheroes. It's not dark and gritty at all. No. So in that one, Bluntman is um Jay. No, Silent Bob. So they get Val Kilmer to play Bluntman, the new Bluntman, who is very, very loosely based on Batman. And so <laughs> he talks to uh, Val Kilmer and he's like, hey, I've got a role if you want to be a part of it. And Val Kilmer's like, I don't know if you know this. I, I can't act anymore because I can't really speak. He's he like, goes, oh, perfect. You don't, no, you don't understand. It's perfect for you. I, I don't need you to say anything at all because you're playing Silent Bob, basically. <laughs> It's a very short role. And Val Kilmer's like, all right. But it's also, again, meta, another layer. You also played Batman, and his character's kind of loosely based on Batman. That's a very Kevin Smith thing to do. Yeah. And then later on, Ben Affleck is in that movie as, not Ben Affleck, which he was in the last movie, as one of his reoccurring characters, who's a comic book writer. That character says, no, Ben Affleck is the best Batman. <laughs> like, he just says it. Ben Affleck. <laughs> so, it, it, yeah, it is very Kevin Smith. It's very meta. It's fun. Other than that, Val Kilmer, fine. Like, <laughs> yeah, like he's not my favorite Batman, but yeah. I, I don't think the guy's like a bad actor or anything. Top Gun is fine. It's fine. I don't think it's that good. <laughs> I watched it for like the first time as an adult. It's... Not that long ago. Everything when they're in a plane is amazing. It's, yeah. it's amazing. And it holds up because it's all real. And then everything when they're not in a plane is... It's cringy. Yeah, it's cringy and it's horrible. And I'm not here for it at all. It's one of those and movies where like... Plot doesn't really make that much reputation sense. Reputation is a lot bigger than the movie itself. Yeah, I was expecting to be more blown away. But all the action sequences in that are just some of the best. Oh, some of the best like flying I've seen in yeah. any movie. It's a shame he's not going to be in the sequel because one, yeah, like we said, like he doesn't act anymore, right? And I don't think he's—I don't think he would look the part anymore. Yeah. So there you go. Keep. Yeah, keep him easy. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> she, I don't think she's Fine. done anything wrong. I like that she's Australian. Have you? Oh, have you ever seen Lion? No. I think she got nominated for an Academy Award for Lion, or she won it. One of the two. Okay. And. She's fantastic in that, and I cried in that movie like a baby. Oh, shit. Not often that happens, but it's... Uh, do you know which one I'm talking about? No, it's I, like, I don't Dev know Patel. anything about it. Oh, uh, Slumdog Millionaire, yeah. Prince he, Zuko. Yep, yep, yep. 
<laughs> he plays uh, an orphan that was lost in India. And he, he, like, got on the wrong train. And then the train just kept going. He, like, fell asleep in it. And by the time he wakes up, that's it. Like, there's no way. Because, I mean, he was, like, his parents were essentially, like, homeless. They were just kind of, like. Right. Yeah, there's like, no a lot way of people, he's going to find home yeah. because there is no home. And, like, a lot of people in, in, like, the rural parts of India. So it's impossible for him to be essentially reunited with his, his parents. And so that's he sad. gets adopted. And it's, all, all this is based on a true story, by the way. Okay. He gets adopted. By this Australian family. He's, of course, it's Nicole Kidman. It's Yeah, it's Nicole Kidman. And so he's raised Australian. And his Australian accent is really solid because he's not an Australian, which I think is British and Indian, obviously. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, because, I mean, it's based on a real story, he gets reunited with his Indian mom. Oh, shit. Using Google Earth. Google uh, Earth? Yeah, once Google Earth came out, he, like, used it and everything he knew about his past to find the village where he's from. And he went there. And he found his mom. How much credit did Google take for that? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> and at the very end, like during the credits, they intercut that with like footage of the real life character reuniting with his oh. family. And the whole village is out there like celebrating and stuff. And like. Because yeah, something like that, it's like they're holy impossible shit. odds. Yeah. Not a dry eye in the whole fucking theater. Like holy it was, shit. it is real feel good, but it's real rough. So it's called Lion. Lion? Yeah. Highly recommend. Also, she uh, divorced Tom Cruise, so good for her. Actually, keep. (laughs) Actually, yeah, definitely keep. Yeah, keep. Tom Cruise is fucking... Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is a wacko. (laughs) Yeah. Tom Cruise is a Batman villain. I, You know, I'm kind of sad we don't get to ever talk about Tom Cruise. He hasn't been in any single one of these fucking movies. I wish Minority Report was based off of a comic book. No, I think it's original. It's just a Spielberg movie. No, it's a novel. It's like a novel. It was a novel? I think it's loosely based on a novel. Loosely based. It got like Spielberg up a bit. Spielberg up a lot. Yeah, that's a good movie. I like the movie a lot. I don't think it did well in the box office. It I think it did pretty have. good. I we watched it this year. Not this year. It's twenty. I think it got canceled after one year. season. No, not the show. We watched the movie. Oh, the movie. The movie holds up. It's. I still I like really, the movie. Really good. I think they could have gotten anyone but Tom Cruise to play that part, though. I've said I don't know how we got on a Tom Cruise tangent, but I like Tom Cruise the actor. It's Tom Cruise the person I have a problem with. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I that's, can see that. That's where that's where I'm at. But anyway, final thoughts into the Phantom Zone, not into the Phantom Zone. What do you have to say about Batman Forever? See, not to the Phantom Zone. This is not my favorite Batman movie by any means, but it's one worth watching for the good that is in it. Like there yeah. is some good Batman stuff. We see more Batman in this movie than any of the other ones, I believe. Yeah, even Batman is, and Robin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I'm surprised so, you're with me there. For that alone, I'd say like give it a watch because it's if you want to see some older, more classic Batman action, this would probably be the one to watch. Sure, definitely keep not throwing the Phantoms on because this is again. I think it's easy to look at the bad parts of this and make fun of it and go like, "Oh my god, this movie's horrible." Oh, there's a lot of dumb shit. In this like movie. if you just show one or two scenes to someone. They're going to be like, I don't want to watch this. The right? laundry scene no, yeah, that no. we're going to put in the show notes. Yeah, for one. <laughs> but also, like, if you're already primed with this universe, like if you've seen Batman and Robin before and you haven't seen this one, that's where your expectation is. And so, like, the rubber suits don't bother you because you knew that was coming. You knew the yeah. nipples were coming. So none of this is surprising It's kind of more of the same in that regard. Exactly. Then it feels a lot better because you're not getting bogged down by all those things. Yeah. The you know? villains do bog this one down a lot, though. Sure. But, like, overall, I think this movie is is good. I don't think it's horrible. I think the good outweighs the bad. 
I think there's a lot of bad in it, but again, I think the good outweighs it, and I quite enjoyed watching it, honestly. I didn't think I was going to because I didn't remember this movie <laughs> from when I was a kid, and maybe I didn't understand all of, all of what was trying to get done, but no, man, this movie stays for me, and I liked it better than the last two, because I had, yeah. I really like Returns. So you, you're, you're leaning on Batman Returns is like so far your favorite one. Yeah, but I'm also one where I tend to f- lean toward like more of like the black sheep in like a series. It's definitely the and black Batman sheep. And Batman Returns is definitely the black sheep of yeah. the series. And we, we talked obviously at length about that one, but I don't feel, I feel like it's a fine movie. I don't like it as a Batman movie because there's just not that much Batman in it. It was a penguin movie. Yeah. And at that point, I'm tired of Batman getting the short end of the stick (laughs) in his own fucking movies. You know? (laughs) That's that's fair. And he at least here, Batman Forever, Batman's a priority. So I can appreciate that. It's and I like what they did to him. Campiness and all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because you again you buy into that. You have to buy into the campiness in order to enjoy this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's like you can't go in okay, so like you can't go watch no Country for Old Men, like you were just saying. And then go watch a Fast and the Furious movie back to back. You're not going to have fun with the Fast. You have to be in that mood, that mindset right. to go into Fast and Furious. You have to accept that it's completely bonkers or else you're never going to like it. You have to buy into that. You being a Fast and Furious defender, you should know. <laughs> yeah. So the only thing we left out, by the way, is hashtag release the Schumacher cut. Have you heard about that? It's basically nothing. But have you heard it's about basically, it? <laughs> well, if it's basically nothing, I don't think I've heard of it. We're going to talk about it much later when we hit up Justice League because we decided Justice League counts. It's a sort of... The uh, movie itself is being remade. Exactly. So, yeah. So that whole thing happened because of the viral campaign of hashtag release the Snyder Cut because fans knew that Zack Snyder had gotten removed from that movie and then they reshot literally the whole thing. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut got so much traction and so much attention that when finally WB has nothing to make because of COVID, they're like, well, we can make this. So let's just appease the fans and get the Snyder Cut out there. And everyone sees it as this huge victory, even though it's not out yet. We don't know if it's good or bad. Here's the problem with that. By letting your fans, by giving them what they want, what they're asking for, which is on the one hand, what these companies should be doing. <laughs> yeah, but you have to be careful with how you do it because you start opening the floodgates to a lot of ridiculous yeah. shit. Yeah, appeasement they give an inch, doesn't work. They'll take a mile. Exactly. So now it's released the air cut of Suicide Squad because Suicide Squad... I don't think that movie was ever going to be good. Maybe not, but it did get re-edited towards the end and it did end up being super choppy and a lot of Joker stuff was cut out and people are saying, well, what was the original David Ayer one? If we're going to get the Snyder Cut, let's get the Ayer Cut. And then there was an article that said Joel Schumacher had 40 more minutes of Batman Forever that had to be cut towards the end because the... Studio wanted a shorter a shorter film. film that was more family friendly. So he took out some of the darkest elements of this movie, which was more of the Batman psyche stuff. M- more of the stuff that we would have liked to have seen. Exactly. Yeah. And so now <laughs> people are going. Of course, that's And Joe Schumacher died like last year. Oh, shit. I don't know if you remember. I think was it was last it? year. I think it was 2019 or 2020. Oh, damn. So now it's like, oh, you have to do it. You have to release a Schumacher cut. And so now there is a... I don't think Much it's going to happen. Pro- no, of course not. It's basically nothing, like I said. I wouldn't mind them releasing, like, deleted scenes. And you can watch some deleted scenes. We watched one, and it was kind of bad. Oh, so I was like, okay. oh, good, they deleted it. And that's what happens a lot of times when you watch yeah. a deleted scene. You're like, that scene is bad. Right. I'm glad. I see why you cut it. But here's the thing about, like, 
director's cut of films. Like, every film gets cut down. Right. It's not a new thing at all. And a lot of director's cuts uh, are not longer. They're shorter. So, oof. So that's it for Batman Forever. That means that, what's our next movie? Batman and Robin. Yeah, Batman and Robin, the most infamous one. This is the movie that basically killed Batman for a while and might have ruined comic book movies for a little bit, too, until we got X-Men and Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Those are the two that kind of, like, kicked it back up. Yeah. Those two movies kick off, like, this newest age of superhero movies. Yeah. That movie is no longer available on HBO Max, but it comes and goes. So, as of now, it's not available. If you're looking to watch it, I don't know, go on there and check. It could change month to month, basically. Otherwise, you could rent it. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to That Piano Dude for our still new musical intro. And it sounds fantastic. Uh, Make sure to leave a rating and review on whatever service you're listening to us on. They do help. (laughs) For sure. Tell your friends about us. Tell all of your friends about us. Tell your family about us. Tell a stranger about us. Yeah, I was just going to say stranger. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. You can find us on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone. On Twitter at Films from PZ. We're also uploading all of these podcasts on YouTube, Films from the Phantom Zone. So That's if, a more recent thing that we're doing. Yeah, exactly. It's like last week. So <laughs> if you are the kind of person who uh, likes to listen to podcasts at a computer and it just works easier for you. I know some people that that's how they get their podcasts. Yeah. It's just like not the usual way of listening to podcasts, but it is a it is a way. So all those are on YouTube. They're not videos. Like you can't see us. They're just literally this on YouTube. With an image. With us. Yeah, with a static image. So that's it. So other than that, we will see you guys next week. Hopefully. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.